podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I'm sure no one will mind. Move him out of here, then, Daryl. Ricky had to go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never said that. <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. <laughs> Out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a hand out. Boxing, um, nutters, messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Bump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 491st edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call, we have Andy Patterson and Matty DiGelonardo going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everyone listening through the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of September. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Plenty going on over the weekend. Next week, in fact, is the weekend to be. Canelo versus Triple G. Preview is coming up a little bit later on. We might talk AJ Fury. We've got a few questions as well. The big boys, Ortiz against Ruiz, we'll be talking about them soon. Just before we do so, though, everybody, to start... um, Dear listener, on a more serious note, we don't often get serious on here, but the whole sporting calendar was, of course, postponed this weekend, which left us boxing fans in a state of disarray. As a much-loved and respected, powerful woman was unable to box Savannah Marshall in London, Matty. Our thoughts and prayers are with the perennial victim this weekend, Clarissa Shields. (laughs) But we, we we can always find comfort in the fact that the quote can certainly come again. Jade can't. You know what I'm saying? Steve, that was very well played. That was uh, that was absolutely brilliant. I uh, I don't know that there was um, anybody not directly involved with that fight who has a penis that was more disappointed than myself <laughs> that this card was postponed um, until October fifteenth. I um, it uh, this definitely didn't improve my views of monarchy. Um, but um, yeah, I um, it'll be interesting to see where the um, how everything ends up. I'm still looking forward to that card um, when it does happen. Um, the odds had shifted uh, to Marshall as a not a strong favorite, but as a slight favorite, which was uh, or excuse me, Shields as a favorite. So it was getting interesting, um, and I think people were warming up to it. Could have been an interesting weekend. 
but instead um i uh i got a uh, fight from costa rica and a showbox card steve yeah, exactly. Talking about warming up, bring your fire extinguisher while Wellings burns in hell. Let's talk about Showbox in the meantime and forget all about it. Um, Joseph, blessed hands Adorno in the main event, Matty. We're going to Ortiz Ruiz shortly. Adorno got the win over Argentina's Hugo Roldan. I watched it on Friday night. Every card was 95-94 in Adorno's favour. It was a good, close, competitive fight. Yeah, and before the cards uh, were read, Steve, I knew that Adorno was going to pick it up. Um, the, uh, because of course, um, I, uh, I bet on, uh, his opponent to win, uh, by, uh, by decision. Um, as I'm watching the fight, the first round didn't look good. Second round, he's, he's coming on, he's coming on and, uh, 10 seconds left. I'm like, you got this round. Don't do something stupid, dude. And he did something stupid. And he took that shot, the little cuffing shot, some of the canvas, not necessarily a clean knockdown, but it was what it was. Adorno taking the first half of the fight as opponent, taking the uh, the second half clearly. Um, God, why am I struggling for his name right now, Steve? Who are you uh, referring to again? Adorno's opponent. I oh, Roll Roldan. Roldan, thank you. Yeah, he's an Argentinian. Um, he you know he only had seven knockouts coming in, uh, but he'd gone the distance quite a few times. Um, and um, he, down the stretch, as he got more confident in this his stateside debut. Um, I, I started, uh, he, he definitely uh, took over the fight. Um, Adorno not letting his blessed hands loose uh, nearly enough um, with um, uh, 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 Roldan switching stances a lot, throwing punches from the outside, throwing some stuff inside. Um, you know, without that knockdown, Steve, um, he would have picked up that fight 96-94. Uh, it, it was a close fight. The scorecards were fair. He got stupid. Um, and Adorno moves on in the 140 pound division, leaving lightweight, not a whole lot going on there, Steve. Um, one of those few fighters who, who ends up back on Showbox after, uh, being on a PBC card. Um, I, I, I don't see much more for him than, than, uh, testing out some young guys that PBC might be having come up. Mm. Yeah, test out them young guys. On the undercard, quick one as well from you, Matty. Boca Chico against Via. Good fight. Two punchers. Well matched, actually. Samson does a good job with the matching. And Frenzy Fortunato beat Bernard Torres on a 10-round split decision. There was some idiot at ringside throughout this fight. He kept yelling, Yo! Every time either man landed a shot. So it was just some drunken fool. And it was I'm, really annoying. God, I'm <laughs> so glad that you picked up that. <laughs> yeah. you got that. And Steve, like... You fucked up, man. Normally you watch these fights on mute or close to mute, <laughs> and uh, you decide to watch this one on full volume, so you got the guy uh, that was going, oh! Every one, every oh! punch that was landed for the whole 10 rounds. And, like, some of them even were, like, missing shots and stuff like that. And, like, I thought it was somebody in a, someone's corner in the first yeah, fight. Yeah, me too. Uh -huh. And I'm like, well, at least we only have to deal with this for so many rounds. But, nope, next fight kept going. And the last fight kept going. It, it seemed to get a little less, though. Yeah. I feel like he might have gotten spoken to. <laughs> Maybe his throat got sore. I don't know. Um, the the fight. It was an interesting card too, Steve. Because um, per usual, these are very well matched cards, and there were fights where um, each of them uh, had a single knockdown, but they they mattered as far as as the fight ended up going. Um, so um, via interesting guy, uh, Bochica. Uh, you know, uh, definitely seemed to be the, the lesser fighter in that one. Um, 
in in the opener though uh god um remind me of those guys steve I'm, when we get our way i'm gonna have to go grab my notebook no, no you're fine Bocca chica via opened yep. it then we had bernard torres now he was a filipino based in norway and he had a bit of pedigree about him who had fought in spain <laughs> yeah it, well it's it fought in spain it sparred michael conlon and harlem eubank out in spain and he'd beaten mark magseo three times as an amateur so he looked like one to watch but then he lost so we can kind of forget about him now well, I'll tell you what was interesting, though, is, is his, his opponent is the one who I ended up thinking less of towards the end of the fight. If there was mm-hmm. any fighter who was in there who was one-dimensional, it was his opponent. Yeah, he got caught on that little short right hand. Um, but there, beyond that, I, I, I thought that he... He definitely has more. Uh, he definitely Torres definitely has more layers. Didn't you? Didn't you kind of come away with that? Like, regardless of who won, it just I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I he's feel like small. He's got he, more, he was he was very small for the weight. I thought. Yeah, and, and his opponent was just able to use his height um, for, for the opening few rounds, build up that lead, get the knockdown, but eventually it was kind of figured out. Um, uh, I, I believe that one was an eight-rounder too, Steve. Um, it was a 10. Was that a 10? Yeah, it was the the Boca Chica one that was eight. So I I, I don't know. I, I one of those ones. Torres I think will be an interesting test for young guys again. Um, Steve, I'm going to go as far as to say last night I didn't see any future world champions, although it was a well matched, reasonably entertaining card. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on as well. Again, I said we're getting to Ortiz Ruiz. I do like uh, sort of going around the houses here. Interesting card in ESPN. It didn't start out quite interesting for me. A couple of women fighting. There were a couple of low-level guys and six-rounders. In the main event, Christian and Billy looked really good. Head, body, smashed the shit out of DeAndre Ware, who's no uh, world beater. But um, And Billy looked really good. I'd like to see him again. But on the undercard, there was a bizarre incident. I know I was the only one who watched it. But Simon Keane, who calls himself Simon Keane, was going in against a guy called Newfell Uata. They both sized each other up. They went through the whole spiel of the ring announcements. They touched gloves. They went to a graphic to look at the different size dimensions. The fight started, and then Uafa went onto one knee and put his glove in the air. Basically did a Curtis Harper against F.A. Ajagba. I thought it was some kind of protest, some kind of political protest or religious protest. According to friend of the pod, Justin, the North Carolina assassin, Uafa was... Um, trying to protest against the French boxing authorities who hadn't got him insured during the fight and therefore his well-being wasn't looked after. I mean, why would you go through that whole rigmarole against the guy with a mullet as well? He's trained hard for this fight and then pulling a stunt like that. I think that's absolute bollocks, but there he is, Andy in all his glory, Uafa. Yeah, I thought when you, I, I seen it, mate. It wasn't until you actually reminded me about it. Actually, I thought it was some sort of kind of black power movement. And then you see his eye, well, he's got his fist in the air. I said, well, that's the only thing he can do with a glove on, you know. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's interesting, mate. Boxing throws up all these kind of weird scenarios. But uh, it's the first, first I heard about that one, actually, before you know, what, you know, what his supposed cause was. If that is the issue, mate, you know, why go through with all that box, as you say? I mean, he's probably going to get his purse withheld. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fuck it. Why even go through all that shit? But hey ho. Maybe he's never going to fight again. But yeah, it was very strange the whole thing. And the commentators didn't know there was complete carnage in the ring. Everyone was embarrassed and trying to find out what happened. But there you go. That's sometimes the way it happens in boxing. Over to the big guys then, Andy. We'll stick with you. Andy Ruiz against Luis Ortiz. Feels like a week ago this fight took place. Trying to remember it as best as I can. Two big fat lumps going in against each other. Question for you, Andy. Is Andy Ruiz a big puncher? Because against Anthony Joshua, I felt was his, it was kind of like his fast, accurate shots. He was catching Joshua between the punches. That was what made the difference. But against Luis Ortiz, it seemed that every time he planted his feet, shots behind the ear, back of the head, granted, landed a flush shot, he got a reaction. Now, 
Yeah. That could have been more to do with the fact that Ortiz is old. We know he's had a long career. His punch resistance is probably gone. But if Ortiz had let his shots go a few rounds earlier, I think this could, this could have got really interesting very quickly. What, what round was it that Ortiz decided to start to kind of go for it? Was it, was it not the last round? The 12th like, round, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if, if I'd watched this last week, I would have forgot all about it, mate. And you'd be listening to an em- empty mic just now. I actually watched it this afternoon and it was, can I just put, be polite and say it was absolute dog shit. Um, as you say, you know, Ruiz, he can, when he puts his hands together or if he puts it all together, he can be quite frightening, especially with, uh, with that power. To answer your question, I think it's a bit, a bit of both. He cracks hard enough. He's accurate with that right hand. And Ortiz is old now, to be fair, actually. And Ortiz, I think, as you say, with him getting rocked pretty much when Andy Ruiz decided to throw a punch, uh, and if he landed it flush, it does seem to kind of stun him, rock him, wobble him. Knock him down, you know, that first knockdown, for example, was, was high in the head, round at the temple area, legit shot. I didn't think too much about the second one, to be fair. I don't think much landed there. I think it was more kind of like maybe his legs was one under underneath Ortiz at that mm. point. Um, but it was, you know, the middle half of that fight, it was just slow, it was ponderous, it was, it was just garbage, mate. And Ortiz just seemed to be kind of content to, you know, box. He had his moments where he kind of like landed a few straight left hands, uh, maybe kind of go Ruiz's attention a little bit, but he can, he can he seemed to kind of swallow most of them. Um, and Ruiz just seemed to kind of look for power shots, to, to be honest with you. Fifth, sixth, and seventh were quiet, slow rounds, as I, as I mentioned. And then Ortiz is down as with the seventh, I think it was, or another right hand high at the head uh, late in the round. So, just kind of it was, was what I was going to mention to you about the, about the punch stats. I know we didn't really lay great staking them in, in, on this podcast but tonight we're going to make an exception in my opinion because when you look at the graphic it showed on the screen in Fox I tended to fucking believe them that they were absolutely accurate 100% accurate because there was not that many punches getting thrown and when they did it was like maybe like five punches here and then you have like rounds were just kind of like probing and just, mm. you know, Ortiz wasn't even snapping any punches as I say maybe like after he was hurt maybe Throwing a, like a, a long straight left hand, his jab was poor. Ortiz was uh, sorry, Ruiz was just picking his moments where he was just kind of like standing outside. Who, by the way, can I just say it's disgraceful shape again? I must admit. But saying that, he's obviously in a fit enough shape to go twelve rounds. I know, I know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like twelve rounds at, at, at a great lick, but at the same time, it's still fucking twelve rounds of you know, boxing at the end of the day. So he's doing it. He's doing something at least, but it's. Watching that was just poor, mate, and that's all the, the best I can really put it. It was it was a close fight. Ruiz, I think, won the fight purely because of the knockdowns. Um, and there were a couple of, like, say, left hands, as I mentioned, for Ortiz that may have, may have maybe shook him a little bit, but not, nothing major. And uh, that's that, mate. That's all I can really add to it. It was just awful, I thought. Pay per view as well. Matty, did you pay for that? Shut up. Oh, yeah. The rest of the card was good, actually. I, yeah, I Chris, felt Chris good was about good. That was awful. Until, yeah. 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 Not impressed then, Andy? No, not impressed, mate. Um, based off that, at least, you know, obviously the Wilder fight, well, if Wilder take, takes care of business, I suppose, it seems to be him and Ruiz will be up next. Um, based off that, you know, I've got to say, I think Wilder would absolutely decimate Ruiz. Non-activity. Second that Wilder lands something heavy on him, he could go, and Wilder's quick at you know just closing down that distance, quick with the feet, and he's and he's got the killer instinct. So I wouldn't be too, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, yeah, especially again. I would, yeah, I'm going to say that Wilder probably knocks him out, but 
just based off that there last night, mate, that was just it was pretty obvious it was it was a close fight. Uh, Ortiz had his moments where he was slightly competitive. Um, keeping it probing, as I mentioned, a few left hands here and there. He kept it boxing, basically. And I says, Wilder's got good skills as well, decent skills, underrated ability. Uh, and that punch power is fucking godly, as, as, as we've all mentioned. So, um, Ruiz has got to up it a wee bit, I think, in terms of, like, activity levels. And t- and I mean activity, I mean in the ring. I mean, you know, let, let those hands go, get those combinations going, because, okay, maybe that's all he needed to do there last week. But against he's the not going to be able to fucking waddle at a distance away from Wilder. He's not no just going to be able to sit out at the end. Fucking Wilder's got way more step at him than Ortiz has. He'll close the distance. He'll knock him out. Like, and I, I I'm not going to write him off, Andy. I, I don't want to write off Ruiz because we saw Wilder constantly get shook up with that short shot behind the ear, right? And that kind of stuff is Andy Ruiz's bread and butter when he's inside. But is he ever going to get there? Well, that's the thing because Wilder's got the reach. Um, he's got the power, as, as we mentioned. I think the thing with Ruiz, I suppose, was, was slightly underestimated. Is he's, he has good, decent defensive skills, um, and the chin does this, does seem to be pretty solid. To be fair, I know he's been done a couple of times in his career, but hey ho, that's heavyweight boxing. But his chin's pretty solid as well. So I think Wilder's going to have to hit him with something solid or consistent to get rid of him. But I still fancy Wilder to take him out. But based off the activity level and the size of the guy. As I say, he'd, he'd, he'd let his hands go from time to time. And when he did, like maybe the four or five punch combos, they were very, very rare. But when he fucking let them go, they caught Ortiz's attention. They caught everybody else's attention. But just, there just was not enough of it. And I just think with a guy like Wilder, um, with his, his, as we mentioned, his ability to kind of like close the gap and land that right hand over the top. I just realized how Ruiz fights. He fights like an obese Mexican Jean Pascal. <laughs> well, here's a comparison for you, Matty. Des says it's a genetic thing for Ruiz. John McDermott, who uh, fight fans will remember, gave Tyson Fury a hell of a fight in their first contest. Got knocked out in the rematch, but there was an argument for Big John getting that. Anyway, uh, Des says John McDermott was the same, Fury to a degree. Big John was a very good ABA champion, just couldn't get his body to look beautiful. Ruiz is the American version, but Andy mentioned there, Matty, about Wilder. I think it's nailed on for Ruiz to fight Wilder at some point. They're both with the PBC. On paper, at least, Ruiz still holds that credibility of being a former unified heavyweight champion. And Wilder himself has been a long-reigning WBC champion uh, in the past. And he'll probably hold that title again at some point soon if the belts become fractured. It makes sense for Uncle, Uncle Al to try and make that fight if he can. It'll be a pay-per-view as well, too. Oh, absolutely. And um, I had told you guys last week that the worst thing that could happen for PBC was for Ortiz to win because... There's not a lot of sell between uh, behind uh, Wilder Ortiz three, right? Um, so, mm. but Andy got it, and people aren't going to be super excited for it, though. Steve, I I think a performance like that takes the shine off of it. You're throwing twenty four punches around, eight punches a minute. That's you know, and I see what Des is saying there. It's a genetic thing, the way he looks. Okay, maybe, but I don't buy that. If it was a genetic thing, he would throw more than 24 punches around. He's out of shape. The end. And and we, we saw him come in at a lower weight uh, against Ariola, And yeah, Ariola dinged him up a bit. But, you know, he, he does that. Um, and, uh, Andy Ruiz was blessed with 
being come with the golden opportunity to become the first Mexican heavyweight champion. And I feel he is not doing his people um, any service right now because I feel like he's making a lot of money off of uh, that acclaim he achieved and he's just phoning it in. You need to give the people something more than that, Andy. 24 punches around, getting booed by a heavily Hispanic audience in Los Angeles. Step it up, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah, maybe we all need to step it up. A couple of things before we go on to the undercard, Matty. Uh, first of all, I thought that Ruiz was a worthy winner. Part of take the knockdowns away. You're into draw territory. So what did you think about the scorecards? And also, where does that leave Ortiz? I thought at the end, here we go. Nice swan song for him. He'll just retire, disappear. He's clearly a massive puncher, but his resistance is gone. And he's about 70 years of age. But I think this kind of keeps him strangely relevant now. I, kind of. I, I thought the scorecards were dead on, Steve. I, mm. I think I recall saying to to my friend before the uh, the 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 cards were red. I, I think it was even on rounds. And knockdowns going to be the difference. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's fair. Um, but Ruiz, um, you know, Ruiz heads into that fight with Wilder Ortiz. I think you're going to see him probably in against. A Frank Sanchez. Actually, I think that's exactly who you're going to see him in with there, Steve, because, and I think you're going to see it in Florida. Uh, an all Cuban heavyweight showdown. One last uh, good payday for the big man. I think you're going to see that. That's, yeah. Who, Frank Sanchez against Lois Ortiz. Yeah. yeah. That's a good shout, actually, you know. Awesome. In, in, in Florida, huge Cuban mm-hmm. population. Yeah, but they, they didn't really turn it, really. You know, they you, will. They will. A smaller this. venue, though. Sanchez can snatch his name, I suppose, before it disappears mm-hmm. altogether. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Pa- passing the mantle. Mm-hmm. Right, before we dip into the chat and see who's swimming about in there, Andy will go on to the undercard. Um, East Cruz against Eduardo Ramirez. Ramirez moving up to lightweight. Turns out to be a bad decision after all. Cruz is a banger. Yeah. Got him out of there? He did, mate. Um, second round, he just kind of hunted Ramirez over the ring. Um, obviously, I think he maybe got hurt in the first round. But if you look at the second, he was just basically on his bike, circling the ring, and Cruz is just basically just moving, hovering him around him, trying to catch him. Finally, does catch him, actually. kind of backs up too much, and Cruz just leaps him. Well, I think he maybe tries to move it to the right, I think, Ray Ramirez, which he's been, which what he was doing quite a lot during the fight, but uh, Cruz is just kind of leapt in with a left hook and iced him, or dropped him at least, and uh, I think he's then followed it up, basically, and absolutely done him in after that. Referee maybe gave him a wee bit too extra uh, extra time to kind of recover, but um, wasn't really kind of answering the mouthpiece. Was kind of like propping it a wee bit, goes to jab, and then this kind of just jumps in with another heavy shot, and it's it's just a brutal knockout basically. So good to see Cruz back in the win column as well. Um, getting a wee bit of momentum going after the the Davis Davis loss, but again, as he says, he's, he's he's keeping himself kind of like top billing. I think it was co-main event, so. Um, I think um, the next couple of fights, if he keeps doing what he's doing, at least um, he'll definitely get some sort of kind of world title fight or some sort of description because that was in the end pretty brutal. Was that a three punch combo, I think it was against the ropes. Mm. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again. To be fair, absolutely, he brings the heat in a Marcus Maidana kind of style. Matty, a couple of fights on the undercard to mention to you. First of all, I said last week I'm taking the W on this one that Edwin De La Santos jumped in in place of Josevio Corrales. It has the makings of a better fight. He's a big puncher. He stands in front of it. He could be dangerous. Valenzuela's not great. He showed that. He just kept on hitting him. Valenzuela kept on standing there and taking the punches. Thought he could outpunch 
De Los Santos, but he couldn't. He got knocked out in the third round. And then an L for Wellings, back to uh, previous form. I thought Joey Spencer would be in deep against Kevin Salgado. Might even lose the fight. He never looked like even losing a round. Thought he completely boxed his ears off. Yeah, Salgado didn't look good in that one. And I don't know, Steve. I, I, I watched that and somehow I still can't get behind Spencer. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yeah. I know he won and he won well, but I'm like, I, I, I just, especially at 154, I'm like, where does this guy go? Who does he beat of relevance? And I, I can't see it. Um, maybe based on his size, he might get a Castaño and, and be able to kind of bully him. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was a miss on that one. De Los Santos, W for me too, Steve, paying out six to one on that one. I liked that that one a lot. My uh, my only W of the week, um, but uh, but it paid well. Um, he, he he got the great knockout. Totally different fighter from Jezreel Corrales. Um, and I I and you know it's funny. William Foster the third fought on a smaller card. Uh, I believe last week or the week before he fought Avery Sparrow. I think Steve. Mm-hmm. And you really have to start looking at the quality of that kid because th- that win over De Los Santos. I mean, that's no fucking joke. You know, I mean, I know it was a split decision, but but this this guy's a fighter. So, um, you know, uh, uh, both of those guys uh, moving forward, um, I'm following them because uh, sometimes uh, really talented fighters just happen to meet early and uh, they they pick up that L. One of them does, um, but they can both go on to good things, and I think that could be the case with both of those guys. Yeah, William Foster, that win's looking better on his record. De Los Santos is a sellout kind of guy early on. He either knocks you out or against Foster, as the fight went on, he started getting outboxed and his stamina went. And he said against Valenzuela, effectively, I'm going to come out and I'm going to bang you out. Well, we'll see what happens later in the rounds. And Valenzuela just wasn't able to fight smart. Come out as a southpaw for some reason as well, which I thought was a little bit odd. But good win for De Los Santos. Also, Ray Salim on that one, Matty, getting a win over Mike Plania. Um, I didn't see the Charles Martin knockout of Devin Vargas, so that is floating about somewhere. And Abner Mares, after about four or five rounds, he just completely powered down. And if Miguel Forres was slightly better uh, opponent, he probably would have got the win, maybe even the stoppage, because I thought Mares really started to power down as the fight went on. And an ill-advised comeback, as we mentioned last week. Yeah, and I thought Flores did do enough in that fight. Um People might disagree with me. Uh, the draw wasn't unfair, though. Mm. I, I, I thought it was okay. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I uh, Marez shouldn't go on, especially trying to fight at 135 pounds. I mean, he had his moments. Um, he landed a few good punches in there, but he, he's completely undersized. Um, doesn't seem to have the gas anymore. Um, he, he was forced kind of having to box around the perimeter towards the end, and he wasn't doing it um, to to uh, any uh to any great success so i'd like to see him back uh in the announce booth i i think he's getting better and better at that all the time he 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 does have a, a fighter's mind and he's learning how to articulate uh what he sees to the viewers better and better as as uh, these broadcasts go on you should probably step away, man. I think this is a warning that the next time you're getting hurt, uh, this is not a big puncher. He normally doesn't fight at lightweight. You got away with one, Abner. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid, Abner. A couple more bits and pieces before we go on to the questions and have a look in the chat. Andy, I think there was a card from Germany that you were dipping in and out of with your VPN. Guten Tag. Hi. Uh, well, what one was it again, actually? It was... Um... So I mentioned to you guys, it was one of the kind of influencer shows, actually. So Vinnie Feigenboots was uh, kicking around, I believe, and 
Nothing major, nothing great, as I say, nothing much on at all yesterday, so anything else for Europe that was on or, you know, across the water or whatever and that, you were having to dig into it and that. So, I was watching, or watching passively, shall we say, this uh, this car for Germany, Finn Feigenboot stops a guy, Diego Ramirez, absolute trash. Notice Vinny, isn't he uh, ranked with any of the, the bodies at this point, actually, as well, so, again, just doing the circuits by this point, by the looks of it. Um, I think it was one of the Belarusians. I don't know if it's one of um, oh, what's the guy's name? Had him on the show a couple of times. The promoter, Russian boy, Belarusian. Uh, who's been on here? Uh, oh, Al Siesta. Al Siesta. I think it might yeah. be one of Al Siesta's boys, Dimitris as as I knew or something for Belarus. Um, that Gregor Miza, who's like a journeyman these days, is good. Like, I think it might even fought Scott Harrison when he's comeback fights. Uh, so just just absolute trash, mate. As I say, I was looking at some of the, the viewing figures. It was like twenty five thousand at one point viewing it, and I don't speak German, uh, but obviously I was hearing like YouTube and influence and all that thing. I do done a bit of digging, so that's what it was basically. I think it was two heavyweight guys in the end. It was uh, basically kind of headlining the show, so to speak, and uh, the do good numbers, whatever it was, mate. Free air on YouTube, twenty five thousand people turn up, so. It was a, it was a, the the happening thing, but it was nothing great, mate. I was, I was kind of dipping in and out of that, but I watched a, I was digging out some old fights to kind of watch. I was, I was watching a wee bit of Mark Two Sharp Johnson. Um, might remember him. Um, bantamweight yeah. back was a flyweight back in the day. Aye, flyweight back in the day. Champion, numerous defenses at IBF crown. I'm sure it was up to bantamweight after that. He, and I watched a couple of Ali fights. I think it was Ali against Cleveland Williams. So I was about Ali roughly about his prime as well. So yeah, that was that was pretty much it, mate. So I wasn't even watching any of your Showtime stuff. So um, I actually didn't even know that was actually even getting aired. I wouldn't even watch the anime, to be fair. So uh, that's uh, that's what I can report, mate. Nothing major. Nothing no major. problem. Yep. No, there was another fight on uh, Friday evening in Florida. I didn't manage to get to see this one. It was the Pro Box card. Uh, Antonio Tarver, Roy Jones's show. Brandon Glanton knocking out Mario Aguilar in the second round. It's a shame. I wouldn't have minded seeing that one, actually. One thing you did see, though, Matty, um, these chaps going at it on Thursday night. <laughs> Valley. I mean, chaps in the nicest possible way. Was it a good fight on the zone? I, uh, it, it was interesting enough. This was a minimum weight uh, unification fight between your Costa Valle and Taitu Win. And um, Win being the fighter um, on uh, the left, if you're looking at the screen here. Um, and uh, Valle did a good job. She throws good combinations. Uh, she definitely bossed that fight. Um, it, and it's kind of, she got screwed, Steve. She came over and did this co-promotional thing with Golden Boy and mm-hmm. Zone. Um, uh, hoping to get the fight uh, with uh, Sinisa Estrada, and then Sinisa Estrada fucks off over to top rank. So Valle is left fighting. But this was in Costa Rica, uh, uh, where uh, Valle is from. Fantastic crowd. They didn't eat a lot. They don't even allow alcohol in the arena, so it was all energy that they got without substance. Um, which I I don't know how that happens. I haven't been able to achieve that in fucking years. Um. But it was very good time, great, uh, great atmosphere. Uh, main promoter on that one is uh, Marv Nation, not to be confused with Rock Nation. And Steve, uh, maybe a name that needs to be known because he uh, was the uh, winner for the purse bid between Jose Zapata and Rod- and uh, uh, and Progre, and um, 
that that's a really good fight. And he did put down the money into escrow. It seems to be happening. I would guess it's going to DAZN, giving given this uh, uh, relationship that he has. Um, so uh, yeah, we might have a new player in boxing with the uh, Marv Nation. Marv Nation. It sounds like Pete Triller, Matty man. It's like I think of Marv out of Home Alone, man. Who come up with that shit name, Marv Nation? <laughs> his name is well, his name is Marvin something or other. So there you go. It's the nation of Marv. The nation of Marv, indeed. All right. Okay. So uh, you are listening to episode four nine one. Nine episodes away from episode five hundred for you mathematicians of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. Matty's there. You've heard him. Andy's here as well. You never know. Hold on. Yeah. What does Ben Russell say there, Steve? I don't. I don't know. Marv Nation is MTK, isn't it? Well, I mean, I don't want to speculate. There was a wasn't there a probellum link going on? Money floating about somewhere. Matty boys jumping out of Dubai Uncle and into Dan the UAE. Possibly. Uh, I, see, I, see, I see they're running about the place trying to hide for cover, running about the Zanjins and stuff, you know. Wait, they find out who's bankrolling Rob Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Mar- Marv TK. <laughs> see if I heard Marv Nation, I'm thinking about that guy at Home Alone. It's a good idea. Yeah. All right, Joe, I Joe, exactly. If Marvin Gaye was going to do a promotional company, what he called it? Marv Nation or Gay Nation? I don't know. Like, <laughs> things are coming to my head. <laughs> exactly there you go the Dorset turns are wrapping Rob Kelly jumping on the call with us nice and early tonight ready for our Triple G Canelo chat <laughs> the bollocks in Wellington the bollocks undercover 25 Give minutes early by the way just FYI Robert the Kelly they missed the subtle ones that he gives you on the fucking way yeah, absolutely he's... unbelievable Steve is nice unbelievable Steve is nice it's good to have Rob it's good to have Rob here as always absolutely. I know smart ass as well is this the no back in the day before I had hopes and dreams and all I used to come on at 8 o'clock every Sunday <laughs> <laughs> no, he just walks up when he wants. No, as a married man, I'm finding myself having to do other shit like cooking. I'm after taking that up over the last few weeks. And to be honest with you, natural lattice. And it's fucking easy, you know. I don't see what the big deal about it was over all these years. It's not that hard. <laughs> ah, but Rob, Rob, to be fair, yeah, Irish, food, Irish food isn't that complex, Rob. If you can't pull that off, man, I. I well, I'm going to give you a good segue, actually, because I do all my food Mexican style, okay? so <laughs> Mexican put it over. Oh, yeah. the, the best tacos in Ireland. Jesus Jalapenos Christ. on the soda bread, Rob. We- Mexican cuisine at its finest. <laughs> yeah. Rob living that wife nation life. And, uh, yeah, I did, a few, I did a bit of stuffed peppers with mince tonight. Yeah, it's fucking it's easy, isn't it? What's the big deal? I fucking don't see what the big problem is about all the cooking. <laughs> Yeah, why are these women always complaining? I, I just Plain don't know what something. the deal is, Rob. Hey. <laughs> right, uh, Ryan Deals jumped in there with a little five New Zealand dollars. He says here, has Wellington explained his two picks yet? What he's referring to here, Matty, is I inadvertently, the boys aren't believing me, but I inadvertently made two picks on the Ruiz-Ortiz fight because we discussed it the previous Sunday and I said, oh, I fancy Ruiz to win on points or whatever. Joe Kennedy had then put me in on the league under Ruiz. And then, of course, last week I made a change, unbeknownst to me, forgetting my previous week, and said, yeah, fancy Ortiz. And I was unceremoniously outed, Matty, as trying to trying to drop two picks on the Ortiz Ruiz. Class. That was Sunday yeah. night boxing. What Sunday do we do? Take his final answer in this so, situation? I don't know. Hey. <laughs> you have to accept your first answer, I think, Rob. Is, is that not the way it goes? <laughs> I, I feel bad for talking you morons into that one. I'm kind of sorry about that. All good, man. All good. Yeah, so where's the prediction they go, Matter? Uh, you and Rob are tied. 
Well, are we really tired or is Steve really winning? Are we having his first week answer or his second week answer? What are we doing here? <laughs> no, I went through all teas. Got to be honest. Got to be honest, yeah. Yep. Got to yep. be honest, yep. yeah. So it's uh, I so I but I've I've got three for you this week because we know at least one of them is going to get canned. Um. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll be uh, holding that out till the end. Uh, but uh, got some exciting shit going on this week, Steve. You just you just can't wait. Big ship brewing, my friend. Looking forward to it. Big A says, was that corruption or incompetence, Wellings? I'd say probably a bit of both, to be honest with you. <laughs> Big A, probably a bit of both. Uh, Big A is in the chat there alongside Jim McDonald Boxing. So is Cal Cheds. We've got Johnny Horsecock Nelson. Chase Athletics is there, our American correspondent. Uh, who else have we got here? We have Deench as well. Welcome to you. Em Lith going on 1983. Ryan Deal throwing in a super chat already. Grime is with us as well. So is Sad Ken. Ben Russell's floating about in there. Boxing Asylum, that's me. Uh, Nathan Ford, Harvey Price returns. Who else have we got? Slappy Gilmore, good evening to you as well. Uh, David Mustard and Mark Stanton. Let's get on with it then. So did, before did, we get into... Hold on, did, did, you say, did you say Grimes, like the, the chick that Elon Musk knocked up? No, just Grime. This is, oh. this is the, le- the lesser version, the singular. Yeah, I like I like I didn't even know. Like I didn't even know she had a singing career. I just saw that. I'm like, huh, Elon Musk is banging some chick named Grimes. Go figure. Oh yeah, she's quite the character. Is Grimes? Um, as go. we are, as we are fast. Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Well, either way, I'd say it's, it's probably personality based. The attraction there of the two of them. I want to attract you to the millionaire Paul yeah, Daniels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. And uh, no, what I was going to say there was, as we are fast approaching episode five hundred, I've been going back into the archives and picking out some little bits and pieces on the Gmail. We get notifications from two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen for some strange reason coming up. But that's good, boys, because it gives us a chance to have a look back at some of the old classic clips. I've cut a couple as well, starting off with this one. Emily X, remember Emily Rogerson, a friend of the pod back in the day, old Emily X. <laughs> there she was six years ago. Best boxing podcast, guys. And someone jumped in below, says, a beautiful voice, saw your video. Thanks for being a fan of the pod. Who's that, Andy? DJ T1785. Here's Danny. <laughs> first one, man, first one. What an incel. Oh, six years ago, mate. What was that? Who was this? Who's DJ? DJ who? Donny boy. That's Donny. Oh, it's Donny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matty, did you see him with your shoes on this week, mate? Okay, I wish we gave him a fucking phone to get these shoes back. I thought that that, uh, that pink uh, jacket he was wearing was fantastic. I thought he looked great. Now, the shoes, when <laughs> they say it's awful, mate. The, the shoes were <laughs> a little bit out, man. The shoes were a little bit out. But, but the jacket was on point. Emily X even changed her name to run with a with a boxing asylum themed uh, joke of the time. She even changed her moniker to fucking reflect the asylum. She loved it so much, and I guess she stopped listening when I started accusing her of being brain king. <laughs> Can't confirm or deny that, Rob. <laughs> she hasn't been back for a while, anyway. No, I haven't seen her for a while. Yeah, Emily Rogerson. She had she was singing whoever it was. God knows. I got accused of being a Brian, you know, like I got the time. Brian, Brian King got accused <laughs> of being her. And she changed her name in the Spencer X, as you say, Rob. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, call me skeptical, but you just, you know, I don't know if she fits in with our core audience. <laughs> <laughs> People just don't believe there could be attractive female boxing fans. They're like they're it's they're like like, no. This has got to be a catfish. Donny Flexen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> 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 you pull her guys. 
right into her YouTube comments, actually. <laughs> Is she by kit, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because, uh, well, I, I, I seen their website go hacked, so I was wondering maybe fucking Danny maybe be on the dodgy sites again, you know? <laughs> Oh, maybe. Uh, oh, dear me. Anyway, I've got another one for you here. So this was on episode 154. You're going back about seven years here. I don't know what you said, Matty. Well, we, we okay, I guess we'll find out. David Doyle was quoting you from this episode. He said, Matty D, it was what it was. It is what it is. Ha ha. I think he had too many hits from the bonk before the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Probably the yeah. fucking most relatable thing Matty's ever said. To be honest with you. <laughs> hey. It's 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 tough for the weekend, man. You guys catch me right in the middle of the fucking day here. It's uh, fucking, <laughs> it's not not gonna be sitting here on a Sunday morning, fucking mowing my lawn and shit like that. What kind of fucking animal do you think I am? It was what it was. It is what it is. Classic from Matty there. And just before we move on, there was supposed to be a female fight over the weekend, unfortunately, but that is not unprecedented territory for the asylum. Uh, we have spoken, in fact, about female fights in the past, not just boxing either. Holly Holm. Uh, got a routing over Ronda Rousey in 2015. And as we'll find out now, there was plenty of analysis going on in the aftermath. Well, should we do the unthinkable here, by the way, and just jump Fuck on? Fuck yeah! Should we do it for like five minutes, Tommy? I mean, you, you're the boss from a bit here. Oh, I mean, I missed that. What is that? What Shall we talk about the unthinkable that happened last night? Holly Holm was the world champion, man. Come on. Oh, right? And it was, she boxed her. That's what happened. There was that one kick, but she flat out fucking boxed her. That's what I saw. There was a left hand, there was a left hand before the kick. It was a sneaky as fuck. Sneaky as fuck. Lead yeah. left hand, but she was out boxing the whole the whole fight. And once, once, I mean, I'm not, I'm by no means an MMA fan, and I'm a casual, if you want to kind of cut, cut about it. I mean, I probably watched some of the, the some of the bigger fighters, Mm -hmm. I don't know who they are, but fuck me, man. She was obliterated. I mean, if that fight, if that round had been six, the first round had been six minutes long, I think she could have been stopped in that first round easily. But then I think it was only like what 30, 40 seconds into the, into the second round or whatever it was, and she got absolutely erased. She, I mean, I, honestly, I think her head was bounced a bit like Sonic the Hedgehog collecting those golden rings, you know. <laughs> I cannot recall what that was ever. November 2015. I have to laugh as well. That's still the same. We always still do that, right? If we accidentally start talking about the MMA, whoever it is, all of us always say, now listen, I'm no MMA fan here. But <laughs> blah, 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 blah. the fellas running the fucking hardcore boxing fucking YouTube channel for the last eight years are no MMA fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was that bit at the end though, man. The sort of collecting her head was collecting the golden rings on the <laughs> <laughs> She must have been bouncing all the fucking place. Um, was, was that the fight when, when, when the Irish boys were, were started singing? It was, I think it was quite oh, a on that card. They started yeah, singing, I love you. Holy, yeah, yeah. That, that was that guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's around that time. Well, she fucking disappeared off the face of the earth ever since, hasn't she? Caught, well, I'm no MMA fan, she may be. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot remember any of that, man, but that's copious amounts of whiskey ago, Steve, so I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised the comments got made, to be fair. Brilliant. I'm trying to dig out as many as I can. Like I said, for some strange reason, it stops around 2017, but on the Gmail, it brings up in the social channel all like old comments and stuff. And I just flick through them, a sad bastard that I am there and again for a laugh. And you see the people commenting and people yeah. you've forgotten about. And it, it is actually quite funny. So there you go. Stop to, I think that's when I joined. <laughs> Steve, 
Stick up Slappy Gilmore's uh, comment on the... There we go. That was around the time of the Frankie Gavin fight, I think, that comment, wasn't it? I've got another one for Belly of the Week, so don't worry. There we go. See, that's that's why you're so much more on point than me, Steve. You you spend hours even going back into the annals of boxing asylum history. Like I spent like I don't know ten hours this week watching True Blood. No, so you got into the annals of it then, basically. <laughs> dude, it, dude, True Blood. It's like redneck vampires fucking. If it was titled that, everyone would watch it. As your man out of home and away, he was in a thinny. That was, that was soft porn shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take, I guess. <laughs> Plot's good. The one with Suki and all. Was that the one? Yeah, man. Anna Paquin was fucking so adorable in that fucking. Oh my god. Glad you said yeah. that. Not the piano, yeah. man. Yeah. I was going to call the police. <laughs> yeah. We got sidetracked. Who knows where? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, Dude, that was an adorable conversation. Steve, Steve, you, Steve, fucking, you go back and, and, and check out that show and look at her fucking bubble every time she turned around and try not to fucking. Oh, that was adorable that show. as well, my ear. Oh, okay, so, uh, one more thing as Columbo would say before we move on sad bastard so I was writing an article a couple of weeks ago on the Sergei Kovalev Andre Ward fight and I happened to skip into Wikipedia uh, to have a look at what the scores were at the time and I went down into the press section and turns out there are some absolute experts being uh, quoted here in the press section of Wikipedia oh, in case you wanted to know uh, so we've got Sam <laughs> Shepard from Next Big Pod uh, he had it 115-112 to Kovalev. He's quoted there. Andy Patterson from the Boxing Asylum gets a mention on Wikipedia as well. Ben Wiseman, Ben Wiseman Industries. Uh, Alex Morris, next big pod as well. And then at the bottom, Sky Sports' is Tony Bellew had it draw 114-114. So there you go, Andy. I tell you, quite a few had that, uh, quite, quite the same, 114-113. Uh, Alex Morris, 114-113 as well. Stephen A. Smith, my ben God, you who worked with Andre Ward on the movie Rocky, had it a draw. <laughs> <laughs> who else we got here? Ah, uh, you know, Bernard Sunoff, he's still with ESPN. Ron Borges, he wow, he's got he's he's got even round in that fight. He's got two even rounds in that fight, but looks at there. One sixteen, one is it oh, top of one sixteen, yeah. one fourteen? Yeah, Kovalev, three, three even two, rounds. Yeah. Two even rounds. Yeah. Kovalev uh, got it pretty raw in that fight, man. He, yeah, yeah, yeah we were did. fuming after that, weren't we? And then obviously the the rematch was it the was, was it the, the low, low blows? blows? Yeah, but some of the body work as well was 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 fantastic. My word, I remember <laughs> uh, dragging him back, spinning the side, and digging a right hook to the body. Man, it was a fucking beautiful shot. Oh, he, he did good. It's just the the referee should have should have not called should have not called should have called time for a low blow instead of a knockdown. Ami, would you go away? I, I think he, he was looking out. for a way out. Exactly, he was yes. looking for a way out. I, I have issues with both of them fights. I can see what it, what you guys are saying too, but I don't think either of them were satisfactory. Yeah, the first fight the, certainly. Neither of them ended satisfactorily for me, I don't think. Yeah, I, but it was Kovalev's own fault. He was a pissed wasn't he, by that? Ko- Kovalev should feel the same way about that first fight that Golovkin should feel about the first Canelo fight. Second round, second round. I honestly think Kovalev's a wasted talent. I know people might laugh at me, think that's stupid, but he could have been an absolute monster, I think, if he hadn't yeah. gone on the beer. I think he fucked his career up, I honestly There was, there was some, yeah, actually, no. Steve. Was there no, was there no a, a, a video going about him? It was like a top quality sparring session with Guillermo Jones up at Cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were even talking about him at that time when he was going through that reign of terror that all oh, that power carried up the Cruiserweight. Yeah. And as you mentioned, mate, he just... For me, the 
the downfall started with that first defence in Russia. Was it the Chilemba fight? Yes, Chilemba. Exactly, exactly. Then the issue started. I don't know if it looked quite shit, didn't Problems with the weight. They then blamed the, the media tour or the pressure and all that type of stuff. And I said it on the pod at that time. I said, look, that's just excuses, mate, for like looking like shit. And today it's been a steady decline, hasn't it? Well, I think after the knockdown in the ward for in the in in the first ward fight, once Ward had got up, he'd figured him out. So See, might have been, might well, have he never landed that right hand. hand. He never landed yeah. that right hand full extension, mate. It was a short. He didn't get the full. Well, but the, I think after that, Ward Ward wasn't getting hit with that again, and he'd figured him out. So even though it was an ugly fight, Kovler probably should have got the ward nod in the first fight. I don't think he was ever going to beat him the second time out. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you, when you're talking about Kovalev's ability, look at the way that he toyed with Jean Pascal. Yeah, people have beaten. <laughs> yeah, people have beaten Jean Pascal. He toyed with him. He kept. He hated that son of a bitch for some particular reason, and just kept him on the hook and beat the snot out of him. Two, didn't he do? Weren't there two fights? Two? Yeah, and the second one yeah. he laughed at Pascal's children and started pointing yeah, I... over at Pascal. There's a video <laughs> on the asylum. There's a video on the asylum website called Kovalev scares little children or something. Yeah. That's another one that came up the other day. It's about yeah. 54 seconds. Go and find crying. it on this one here. Oh, that's mm-hmm. fucking glorious. Yeah, because yeah, he welched on the bed or something, didn't he? They had a bed on the first fight. But it was and, also uh, there was he was supposed to give money to charity, Pascal wasn't, he? and he wouldn't give the money up. And then he was like, he is a bad person, I won't punish him. So and, then, <laughs> and then obviously it was another shot that he, that he landed and he staggered all the way across the ring and landed in the ropes and he started laughing at him and pointing at his corner. Look at the fucking state of this, by the way. Like, oh, shit. And one of the fights that we missed out on that never happened that should piss us all off is him and Adonis Stevenson. Start, that, the, pl- start the political fucking fighting, that's what that, was, that's what that fight was. That's, it, that was the start of the, the HBO Showtime Al Heyman type uh, shit, kind of like, you know, coming right. outside the street. That was the, that was that is absolute. That's yeah. what it was kicking off, basically. Then. Right. It was a fantastic fight that should that should have been made, and uh, you, you know, um, it's uh, God. Who was it that beat uh, Stevenson? Why am I struggling? Uh, Vozdik. Vozdik. I mean, and and it's a shit because I I really think that that Kovalev, you know, uh, at his best, definitely had Stevenson's number. I always felt that because um, I, I just felt that he would outman him and, and, and force him back. And, and yeah. Um, but, but I mean, you also have to, you know, Vosdick, I mean, that guy was a good fighter too. Like I, I struggle to think of anyone who has done better through seven, eight rounds against uh better be of than, than Vosdick. He, he really, a lot of people were picking Vosdick to beat Baturbiev. They weren't then Baturbiev absolutely went uh, out to beat him. And beat him down. Him. It was a good 50-50 fight. Well, didn't it end 11th round? Style? 10th, was put, it? Put, put him in the hospital for, for two days. Yeah. But oh, Terbiev was good. class that night. He, yeah. out, but I see he started to outbox him as well, didn't he? It wasn't just a slugger performance. I think he, yeah. he looked brilliant that night. He did. It's, he and did. I mean, that was a good... I think that was a pretty 50-50 fight at the time. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, it was. Absolutely, yeah. And remember, yeah. just going back to the Kovalev fight against against Ward, was that not also the situation with John David Jackson and like Andre Ward did try to play the, the you know the yeah. Jedi mind tricks and that? Come on, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I think he, he, he remained in the corner for the for the rematch, uh, John David Jackson. But you'd imagine that would be kind of icy. You'd imagine, eh? Oh yeah, definitely. No, there was there was beef between them, and he was talking about being a double agent and all this stuff, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. 
Kovalev said some nasty shit about. Yeah, he's a nasty Jackman. bastard, isn't he? He's had all oh, sorts of issues yeah. over the years, Kovalev. Even I've, I've said it on the pod before. Even before he became famous, he had all sorts of incidents. And yeah, yeah. yeah. See, see, the tactical point does anybody think that he was a converted right hander? Because I can remember him like you know switching a stance and throwing that left hand with his equal power mm. as was in his right hand. For time, if you look at the Silak knockout, watch his feet and watch how he kind of. You know, turns turns the waist over. It's like his feet are in a different position. He looks like he's squared up, but then he's he does it. He's throwing the left hand. It's, it's or some power in that. Or, think, or he's I reasonably ambidextrous because he throws that two one more than anyone I've ever seen. Well, most of the Eastern European athletes have strong gymnastic backgrounds, but as well as that, the kettlebells. So the forearms yeah, on him, like the power and the punches. Like you ever see Golovkin's workout routine? He's basically doing like shadow boxing with. Good point, Rob. I mean, because those guys, I mean, they all have good short power. They don't have to extend on everything. I mean, you've seen Golovkin knock out guys with a full extension. You've seen him do it from six inches. The guy's just got huge fit. I mean, he's just got fisted, period. Same with Kovalev. Lots of good short punches in his career where that he just demolished people with. Uh, what, what did we cover before I got on? Did we get to the Canelo and Golovkin thing yet or no? No, not yet. No. No. All right, sorry, do, you, do you even listen to the show? Do you know the order we go? <laughs> He's trying hard tonight, Matty. Come on. Uh, Matty, I heard you the early, man. Man. It's pretty popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's already banter. Uh, Noli Jr. here says, love the content, lads. You're doing an excellent job, by the way. Up the wolves. Absolutely, Noli. You can get on board. Uh, with that one. Uh, one thing I was going to mention actually, Matty, on the Showbox card, just very briefly, they had some kind of commemoration at the beginning. I don't know whether the Showbox is ending or what, or maybe it's 21 years or something since it started. And they said they've had 86 world champions who've fought on Showbox and then gone to become world champions. So 86 fighters. And the first ever Showbox fight was some 20 odd years ago, Le- Leonard Dorin, who went on, I think, to fight Arturo Gatti against Martin O'Malley. I don't know if you caught that little segment. Uh, the Romanian boy. I- I caught a little bit of that. And also what was interesting that they mentioned is uh, one of the judges, I think it was uh, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Pasquale, the funny man. Was yeah. On, yep. He was on. He not only did he, uh, did he uh, 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 judge a fight last night, but he did on the first show box card too. It's, it's a great one. show that that's had some excellent fights. Some excellent fighters have come up through there. And um, and it's and more often than not, they're they're really matched well. You see some guys who come in there uh, with good records, big punchers uh, who who end up uh, going eight, ten rounds with another undefeated fighter, and, and they both go on to very good careers because uh, they're they just meet that early in time, and um, and it's one of those things that. If if you want to really be looking uh, at at who's going to become a contender and possibly a champion in the next 24, 36 months, you've got to be watching these show box cards. Yep, I agree. Samson is matching them really well, and they seem to be repaying him with more dates. So that is good for me. He finds the fighters, and he matches them very well. And let's see the questions. Ryan Deal turned up earlier with a super chat. He's also in the Patreon. He threw this question in earlier over at patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. What do you think about this, Andy? Would open scoring be better, giving the cards after six rounds? It doesn't spoil the result, but can give an indication of how the judges see the fight. We slightly touched on it uh, last week, I think. Uh, we were kind of like broached into it, at least. I, I'm not a big fan of it, to, to be fair, because if you go back to the Canelo-Trout fight, it always rings in my memory that, you know, I think it was the eighth round, 
they mentioned the scorecards and Canelo was fucking country miles in front and then he fought like he was country miles in front because he just kind of sat on the back foot and did he kind of risk himself. Um, and I felt that was a very, very close fight, to be fair, that day, that awesome trout fight. So, like, there, there is there is pros and cons for it. So, I suppose, like, you know, if, if you hear that you're that you're ahead, right, okay, then you expect the opponent to pick it up. Um, or in, in equal measure, if you're behind, you expect them to kind of come out and maybe go for a knockout. But I'm not a big fan of it, to be such, because I think it can also basically... They can adjust the the fighters' mentality. And I say they can maybe get safety first. And you know, could you imagine like say Oscar against Tito Trinidad, um, being open scoring at that time? Oscar running running away for the the last four rounds, thinking he's got it in the bag. And if he knew about the scorecards, was I, I can guarantee he wouldn't be running about uh, doing that for the last four rounds. You know, um, so just just things like that, for example. So. You like to have the wee element of surprise, so when it's like a fucking robbery, you can actually like be shocked that you. Or suppose if you know the robbery's in after eight rounds, you can fucking say, "Look, well, these scorecards are well off here," and um, maybe that's when panic sets and and you can maybe end up causing some havoc in the crowd. You just need, you know, but over passionate, shall we say, a bit over oiled uh, crowd, maybe a wee bit pissed off about the scorecards, start fucking storming the place. You just never know. So. I, I'm I like, a wee bit dramatic with that last one, obviously, but you never know. Mm. I like where Ryan's going with that, though. With, with six rounds, so you let a fighter basically know that they don't have a chance and you need to go for the knockout. Yeah. But if it's a close fight, it's a close fight, and you just announce it once. I, yeah. I, I, if you're going to do it, I think that's the way to do it. Good, I think that's a good idea. suggestion, actually. I, think maybe, so. I, but I would yeah. prefer it maybe it's maybe later in the fight, like a round eight. Because that's because you're uh, then moving into championship rounds at that point. You know, this is where it's fucking. This is where the rubber meets the road. But you just well, then that's what they're doing then, now. Then they isn't take it? the foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. If you if you could still if you lose five out of the last six and you're losing the fight, you know you have to pick up a couple. That eighth round, take, you walk right into the problem you already described. Take take the Leonard Hagler fight then. <laughs> fucking four two after six. Five one. I could yeah. before two. I think I had it after six. I think know. you might have stepped on the gas. What about him? He would have needed to, obviously. Aye, but Leonard as well. Oh, he, he did what he did for the most of that. He won the fight by by fighting that way. To be fair, most of the back foot, shoe shining, good jabs. Hagler kind of like gave it up the first couple of rounds because obviously moving southpaw and wasn't really even getting his mojo going at that point, but. What's this question here or this comment here, Steve? Well, Jason Chahal says, I think the biggest issue with open scoring is the impact it has on the judges. If a judge is way off the other two, then it might sway them to even it up. Or I suppose it could sway the other two to try like, and even it up yeah, with him. Yeah, like the Estrada <laughs> fight the other, the other week. That, yeah, exactly like that. I don't like it altogether, to be honest. I don't, I don't yeah. think. But six rounds is better than 12. Uh, 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 sorry, eight rounds, I think, like Ryan Deal says. The thing is, as well, I wonder, I wonder if as well if it maybe cut down on the poor scorecards as such, or maybe even some of the corrupt scorecards, Steve. Because I think I mentioned to you before about the about the, um, the investigation that they did in the amateur scoring scene, especially like Michael Collins' fight, how there would be like officials ringside who were like communicating with the judges with either hand signals or a tip of the cap or scratching their face or chewing yes. some chewing gum. And that so you wonder if I, you know, I'm reading this shit and he's like. I wonder if this shit goes on, on in the pro scene. So if it was to maybe cut down on some of the dodgy scorecards, um, or maybe even focus the mind a little bit as well, shall we say, some of these judges, because how often do we see them sitting ringside and think they're just fucking half sleeping? What, what what, they they are... know what they're watching, to be fair, for some of the scorecards <laughs> that they dump in sometimes. See, what they ought to do is announce the scores after six rounds, 
and then shine a spotlight on each judge as they announce it and being anonymous. So then, like, they run the risk of getting pelted with That's a great idea. And, yeah, I'll keep those fuckers in line. The threats yeah. of violence are sometimes the only way to go. I hate saying that, but fuck. It's difficult, isn't it? With a subjective score, uh, sport, you, you're never going to get 100% agreement and, and something that's going to sort it out. I think it's very difficult to sort it out. Well, and, and to be fair, Andy and I disagreed wholly on our uh, the way we saw the first six rounds of that uh, Estrada-Cortez fight. So, you know, if I mean, fair enough to that one judge who had it different and then swung it the other way, maybe should just kept going the way it was rather than being peer pressured into fight, uh, scoring him for Estrada. Yep, exactly. Right, before we move on to the next question, quick cursory mention some of the cards next week. We're not going to go in-depth in them, but I think it's worth giving them a shout-out. First of all, over in South Africa, Kevin Morena is moving up to heavyweight. Naturally, he's fighting for the IBO heavyweight title against Marius Wack. Lorena once, um, but wasn't he blamed pregnancy or something for failing a drugs test? So this is a, quite an innovative guy, is Lorena, so good luck to him. Also on the undercard, Shafiwa Munyai. Seems like he's been around for years. I remember in ice in the likes of Lee Haskins and Martin Power. Must have been back in about 2005, 2006. He's still fighting the Spider. Also, good luck to friend of the pod, Darren Petley. Uh, Gabe's favourite fighter is going in a 10-rounder against undefeated Dom Hunt in the Magna Centre, Rotherham, next weekend. And Zor Abdulayev, who lost to Devin Haney, beat George uh, Jorge Linares, is fighting Giovanni Strafon in Russia. Old Strafon himself next Sunday. Strafon, I think you remember, is the guy who iced James Tennyson that time. So that's an I interesting thought it was a Damien. Oh, is it? Oh, that's today. Oh, it is that's today. A... Sorry, has that happened then? What happened? Uh, it, was, <laughs> it might be <laughs> happening right now. It was in, no, it was on the RCC Boxing Channel, you know, that Russian Copper Company uh, channel oh, on YouTube. I never saw it though, mate. It was until like, I seen them were coming on the air that I checked the results. Oh, very but, uh, good. Yeah. It, it, was st- it was still uh, still to be confirmed the results. Were, I assume he won, though. Yeah, I would imagine so. Sunday the 11th, yeah, you're quite right. That's today, isn't it? So good luck to all those involved. Uh, Mr. Abdulayev. I'd say he'll probably beat Strafon. Let's move on. A few people have asked if we're going to talk about AJ Fury. We are right now. I'm going to frame it in the light of this excellent question from Top Notch. He calls himself Top Notch, and this is actually a good observation. I don't know what you boys think of it. He says, you're no doubt fed up with the AJ Fury stuff by now, but just wanted to point out something to you. Early June 2020, AJ is in the papers for making a speech in Watford, and brand AJ needed protection. Less than one week later, Fury comes out of nowhere and says thanks to Dan. The fight with AJ is on suddenly. It's all anyone's talking about and Brand AJ is back. Two weeks ago, Brand AJ looks dead and he's in the gutter again. No Monday sermon from Eddie to Coogs can be found until this week. Who comes out and kills the embarrassing story from Saudi? Yep, Tyson Fury again, offering a 60-40 fight in November that has zero chance of happening. But the Saudi meltdown is buried and suddenly Coogs gets his interview with Eddie and not a mention of what AJ done in the ring after you fight. The casual fan suddenly moves on all bullshit. Just thought it was something you could discuss on Sunday and call out this whole thing as a farce, says Top Notch. Anybody want to take this on? This is Robert, yeah. but on you go, mate. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm probably going to go on from, from a point I've probably made over the last couple of weeks on the pod. I love Fury as a fighter, man. He's one of my favourite fighters. Called very early in his career that I thought he could go all the way. Surprised me even with his performances in the ring. So I don't want anything I say about him to take away what he is as a fighter. But as a character, I'm fucking over it, man. Like, I'm over it. He's not Mary Poppins, right? He's not giving his money to charity and all that shit. He's not retiring. He's not fucking... It's everything he says at the moment is just a charade. And, like, 
obviously it keeps his name out there and they get him on talk sport in the morning and it's big banter and everyone's a big doster and they won't sign the contract and I'm just fucking over it. They're not gonna fight, man. Like this fight is not that's not that this fight is not happening. He's he's got the principality in Saudi booked for December for a fight with Manuel Char, right? And if that fight had been announced instead of Usyk, everyone, the stock of that fight would be dead. You wouldn't be able to sell it, right? But because he's gone out now and he's attached, they've given AJ 24 hours or something to sign the contract and now they're putting it on, on ice for 10 days because to, to respect the Queen. Give me a fucking break. That fight's not happening. It was never happening. And if, if it was to happen now, yes, it's still a big fight. But what's the fucking point of it now? Like, AJ coming off two losses going into Fight Fury. Really? Like, is it was that ever a realistic possibility? Eddie and all them saying, like, he needs a warm-up fight for Dillian White, but he's going to go straight in against Fury in December? Give me a... Just get... Like, I don't mind anyone peeing on my leg. Don't try and tell me it's raining. He's fighting Manny Tarr in December, right? And that's what's going to happen. AJ and Tyson Fury will not happen. It definitely will not happen in 2022. So spare us all this yeah, big doctor and sign the contract and all this shite that we have to endure. It was Derek Chisora last week. It's AJ this week. Usyk don't want this. You fight Manny Tyre in Saudi Arabia for a ton of, ton of money, and that's what it is. So, like, you know, I mean, if the fight ever gets signed, happy to talk about it. Up until then, I feel like I've been talking for the, about the fucking thing for the last she, five years, and it still hasn't happened. Like, so what's the point? Well, w- w- one thing I was wanting to kind of throw in there, I've not really been following it as uh, too closely, but far as I know, Frank or somebody in Frank's side or the Fury side has sent a contract offer or an offer at least to Eddie and to AJ and all that type of stuff. Now, Eddie's usually quick off the fucking draw, he's usually quick on the fucking comments and the interviews and blah de, blah de, blah. Says he's had an offer, he's no confident it's going to go through. But if I've had the offer, what is the issue? Is it the date? Is Tyson being too unreasonable but wanting to fight? Was it early December, I think it is? Is that too soon? Eddie's wanting the 17th. Who's? I don't know what's to, what's to blame here so far. I mean, obviously, I mean, it seems an offer's been sent for the Fury camp. It's up to them to accept it now. Surely that's it, really. Surely it's up to them to accept the offer. They've got nothing else to bargain with, obviously, apart from, obviously, AG's brand is, is the question the, or the, um, the comments that had mentioned there. But is it just today that's the issue? Is that all it is? I don't know. Keep hearing it's close, don't you? And then it never never is. Eddie yeah, was saying, "What do you remember? One week and all that, and one day, yeah, and next week, and two weeks. We had it for a fucking mm. year, man, during the fucking lockdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're close. Ten days. It's two weeks. It's fucking this. That's that. But here we are. We're on the cusp of it again. What is this? Eleventh of September. You're talking the best part. What three months? I... The fight doesn't need much, much selling, does it? Really, I don't think. But I think personally, it should be in the UK. But again, money talks. And I don't think uh, we need to bump up the prices massively over here to get it wherever we want to hold it. Principality, I suppose. Yeah, that's what they're talking about in Wales. Uh, Matty, anything from you? What about Top Notch's comments? He makes a good case there about the kind of brand saving. I. I mean that that is interesting to think that that he he went out there and and was able to save his brand. I, I don't know. I I I think that um, this might sound weird. I think the 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 queen dying will probably do more to save AJ than anything. Um, <laughs> but um, 
I, I don't know. I, I just let me say this in as messed up of a sport of boxing as it is in a sport where we might not get Errol Spence against Terrence Crawford in the near future. We might not get Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk. We just might end up with Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. Don't put it past this crazy sport and don't put it past Anthony Joshua to land some dumb, stupid punch that makes, yeah, that just throws everything on its head. Nah, no offense. And if, if no, you're right. They're like it's 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 just I would I this isn't one like I would bet on it. I would predict it. But boxing is that dumb of a sport where shit like that happens to upset but, the apple cart. You know it, sure. Bobby. You know it. But AJ fumbled the bag. The fight was supposed to be the biggest fight in boxing history. He fumbled the fucking bag. Right. He had one job. That was to beat Andy Ruiz. We could have had this fight. He never fought Wilder. He never fought Fury. Wilder and Fury end up fighting each other. He dropped the fucking ball again. He couldn't get over the line in the two Usyk fights. Usyk shouldn't even be in the picture. AJ had AJ and Fury was the fight to make. Then nowadays, I, there's two fucking networks involved in this as well. Three ESPN, BT Sport, and his own. Are, we, are mm-hmm. you trying to tell me that they're going to come to an agreement to have a massive pay per view fight uh, between th- with three networks involved, all sorted with a venue and everything in the next few weeks? I'm not. Happy. There's absolutely no chance that Adam didn't seem to be too confident it was going to happen either, did they? Uh, no, Aaron, the Aaron was for Aaron. Well, uh, there's, there's take your cue from Aaron and take your cue from what Frank Warren is saying. The principality is booked for December. Usyk is not available until next year. Do you, AJ and Fury, and then there's 10 days that are going, they're going to they're going to use this 10 day morning period to say, oh, look, we, we couldn't get it over the line, so we had to move on with Manny Chai. That's what that's exactly what's going to happen. And just spare us the sight. Show at the theater, like I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this nonsense with Fury these days. It's it's fucking clickbait shit. Like, and it's just he's brilliant in the ring. Watch him when he's fighting. Other than that, I just turn it off or, or scroll upwards. Like I can't be bothered. There you go. Yeah, well, said so the final word. Uh, Yimmy Yappy's throwing in a question. I think we'll avoid that one though. We're not that hard up for, for content this weekend. Well, uh, before Canelo Triple G, let's touch upon a few other things. Episode four nine one. Rob's here. Matty's here, Andy's here as well, alongside me, Steve. Uh, over on Saturday, the 17th of September, and let me just check it hasn't happened already, Bolton White's Hotel, Gavin Gwynn, British and Commonwealth title against Quaig Woodruff. I think Woodruff has been on the show in the past, actually, so good luck to him against Gavin Gwynn. Lyndon Arthur's reappeared against Walter Gabriel Sequeira. I thought Arthur was signing with Eddie, apparently not. Nathan Gorman, Gorman Dorman, has gone off the Weatherspoon's door to fight against TBA as well on that one. Uh, also on Friday evening, Frank, BT Sport, Denzel Bentley, been on the pod a couple of times, going in against Marcus Morrison. British middleweight title is on the line in that one. Ellis Sora on the undercard against Dex Spellman. And Frank Arnold and the beautifully named Royston Barney Smith, sounds like a lovely chap, is on the undercard as well. We'll park that for now. Andy over in Canada next Friday evening, we're mentioning, hopefully nobody takes the knee, like our good friend uh-huh. Mr. Rufelt Wu- earlier on. Ars Lambeck, Mahmoudov against Carlos Takam. There could be fireworks on this card. Stephen Butler against Mark DeLuca on the undercard. You might remember, uh, kicked off back in the day. I think it's back on, it's on YouTube. At a Stephen Butler fight in Canada. They were having a dinner show and they all had the champagne buckets oh, and they started lobbing the buckets in the ring. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that, actually. <laughs> I was a few years ago, eh? Yeah, yeah. Hell. was that the one when the, the guy's getting the gloves taken off? The, the bucket comes across, literally misses his head by like mere millimeters. I think loaded it was, to the yeah. brim of ice and water, eh? <laughs> Fucking Jesus, 
Uh, you can be pretty rough there. Yeah, um, my mood off against Takam. Um, interesting one, I suppose. Um, no much kind of like going on in Canada as such, I don't think, oh, apart from that card last week or last night even. Um, this is actually Takam's first fight since the Joe Joyce defeat, actually, to be fair. And I've mentioned this before, even though Matt Mudoff, I think, is straight up and doing those special effects, possible knockout waiting to happen. Um, I know this is on Matty's prediction league as well. I'm going to say Matt Mudoff stops him around about the mid mid rounds. Um, I just think he is a big, big puncher. But if you look at his career over the last three, four years, he's been feasting on guys like us, smaller dudes, past their prime, maybe come up for the payday, maybe just got enough name value on them to kind of keep himself relevant. And I think this is one of these situations. So I think Takam, what is he as well? He's must be in his 40s now anyway. Um, hasn't he really kind of done anything, shall we say, a great shakes over the last couple of fights? I'm trying to think the last time he actually even came up. Trump's actually in a decent fight. Beat off Joshua, beat off Tesor. I think they were both stoppages, I think it was. Um, I think even Parker beat him as well. So... Clearly a guy who just gets a certain level just kind of get above it, but so it's probably a kind of like last fucking hurrah for him as well. Belt on the line, so there's going to be some sort of ranking points possibly, but I think Matt Mudoff is pretty guaranteed to be the winner here. Um, as I say, six, seventh round stoppage. Yeah, I agree, Matty, for what it's worth. I think Matt Mudoff, 14 knockouts, the Lion, he's a big unit, he can punch, and he gets rid of these guys, the likes of Tepper, Dylan Carmen, the fellow last time, Marius Wack, usually tough guys. I know they're past their peak, but Takam's starting to th- uh, show a few dents in the chin now. Joyce got rid of him. Uh, Chisora got rid of him. I think Matt Mudov is going to be the next one as well. He's a big banger. I'm going for Matt Mudov KO as well, Matty. All right. You're thinking early or late, we might be doing this as an over-under. Um, I think he might get rid of him in about five rounds. It, that's about what Andy said. Rob, what are you thinking? I see six or seven. You've got me thinking if you're going to go the over-under route. Like. Yeah, so I, I'll have it. Uh, really? Do you think Mahmoudov is going to win by stoppage? Yeah. What round are you thinking, Ish? Eight. Eight? Ooh. Steve, what are you thinking? I'm going to go for five. You know, now, isn't that when isn't that when Joyce stopped a cam? Was wasn't that fifth, sixth, fifth? Sixth, I think. Joyce stopped him in the sixth, I think, and Chisora stopped him in the eighth. Joshua stopped him in the tenth. So it's gonna be the fourth. And if we're following <laughs> if we're following the numericals down. But you know, I think ESP, ESPN he's gonna be wanting to impress. I think he's gonna put the foot on the gas. If if he wants to push him if he's gonna push him back and, and he's gonna do and and uh and and play the role of the big man like uh like Joyce did, I mean you gotta think that Takam is just getting slower and slower with each pass and fight, right? So I'd be thinking probably around the fifth two. The other guys were a little bit higher. So let's set the over under Andy said seven. So let's set this one at six and a half rounds. So that would put it I'll go six and a half then. Oh over or under. Over. Over. Okay. Steve. So um if I say five, so I'm under, yeah? Yep. Okay. Rob over under. Uh, well Rob will be over when he because he's eight. Okay. Eight, yeah. Good. Over. Yep. All right. And I am going under. Or under under. Right. No, I'm just, no, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you start. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you, you and uh, you, you and Robert t- uh, are tied right now. So uh, it's going to be good stuff. These predictions, so there's no more points between us. All right. 
So yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting on that one, kind of where we average it out there. So I kind of where we are about six and a half. So keep you guys again. We've been doing pretty good at setting the lines on these ones in general. So if you see way under that six and a half, way over that six and a half, snag the action because uh, we've been doing pretty good when we set these. Mm-hmm. And as for the other fights, MB made a good point there. He said that the British fights will probably all be cancelled. I hope this isn't going to carry on. And after next weekend, this is the end of this nonsense and we can just get back to normal. But didn't you say one of your other fights was a British uh, fight, Matty, on the, on the league? No, no, that one's going to be on the uh, Canelo undercard. Oh, right. Okay. So we can get to that. And then what was, sorry, I'm just looking at this on the fly. And then, and then Canelo itself, right? Okay. Yep. So we're, yep. all, we're all good. So we've got, we've got Matt Mudoff for now. That's the only one for now, yeah? Yes, sir. Yes, excellent. Right, we'll move on. Might as well just move on. Canelo Triple G. We did have a question from Simon Alevi. I think I am going to leave that for next week. What else have we got here? What's Wellings doing? Wellings getting pelters in the chat. I'm just going to have to leave that alone, otherwise I'm going to get distracted here. Uh, Okay then, so let's get on to the big fight for next weekend then. Canelo against Triple G3. It's the one we've all been waiting for. We'd love to see Spence Crawford myself, but this will do... To lead us to the year, Alvarez against Golovkin. Let's have a look at the undercard first of all, then, shall we? Actually, before we got to the main event, Jesse Rodriguez Franco is going in against Israel Gonzalez. That's bam, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Aliak Madov against uh, Gabriel Rosado, who can pull a surprise out. Austin Amo Williams, who looked really good against Chordale Booker. Uh, uh, he's going in against Kieran Conway. Diego Pacheco against Enrico Colazzo. That's not a bad undercard, to be honest with you, Andy. Yeah, it's okay, I suppose, for Eddie, uh, for a change. Um, just going to pull it up here, actually. Better give me a fucking decent undercard for $85. <coughs> yeah, Mark Castro, Diego Pacheco, seen him a couple of times, haven't we? Kind of highly ranked youngsters coming up. Uh, Ali Madoff, that's the one that got beat off. Congora, was it? I think it was. Gabe Rosado. Um, yeah. That's an interesting one, I suppose, that fight. Um, again, the Gabe keeper will you'll keep it. Probably go the distance, I suppose. He'll keep it narrow in the cards. Like Medoff is obviously shown he can be hurt late. So, again, if fucking Rosado can learn one of those right hands like he did on Beck the Bully, then I wouldn't be too quick to write him off, to be fair. But you have to wonder as well, you know, how long he's going to keep going for him, picking up these paychecks and propping up cards. Uh, he lost to Shane Mosley Jr. Well, he's lost his last two fights, mate. Who was yeah. the last one? Jaime Munguia, I think it was. It might have been Mungia. that one in between. No. Yeah, and the the guy that Rodriguez is fighting, I think he's been a distance with Gonzalez. Um, I think he's been in Cajas and a few other like, kind of top end guys running about light and, flying flyweight. And Cajas stopped him, and I'm trying to. Remember, I think that might have been a really good fight. I'm trying to place it, but I think that fight with Cajas might have been a quality scrap for some reason. Yeah. Uh fancy Rodriguez to stop him. Um, maybe late. Um, he's been on obviously this great run over the course of this year, and that'll be three fights this year. So, you know, that's what you want your champions to be active. Three fights, beat Quadras, beat Ring Visayne. Now he's going to fight another world champion challenger. Um, so yeah, I fancy him to do it roughly with the eighth or the ninth, possibly. Um, and obviously, the main event, I, just, I don't know if you want to segue into it, Steve. Um, look, I've got to lay my cards on the table here, to be fair. Um, not entirely looking forward to it, to be fair. Uh, I think we've seen that show once too often. Um, I think if we go off Golovkin's last fight, which I watched a few weeks back, actually, against Morata, maybe slightly better than what I gave him credit for, but I still go back. He, he looked puffy. He looked like he maybe had a bad weight cut as well, to be fair. So, 
looked old, took a wee bit too many shots early doors, but obviously the, the power, the experience shone through in the end. Um, Granite Chin, um, you just wonder as well where Carell was at. You know, he, he seems to be taking this far too personally, but I don't think that's going to be a, a major issue. I think it will be somewhat semi-competitive, but I think Carell will, will probably win it more convincingly this time for some reason. I, I, I just think he's slightly more fresher, probably more at his weight as well. And Golovkin, I just think he's just he's sat out too long, too many camps, still, you know what I'm saying? Was he 40 now? Loads of mileage on that clock. But if the power's still there, if he can get it off, just maybe, just maybe, he can maybe turn turn it back a wee bit. But I've got my doubts a wee bit, to be fair. Well, I was asking in the Nutters chat, Matty, and I've got a few comments from the boys, so I'm going to ask you to um, entertain these one by one as uh, as talking points. So Hatem says, Matty, he, Golovkin, won't get stopped. He will get schooled unless Canelo has PTSD from his bivol whooping. Feel free to quote me. Well, Steve, uh, I, I think that might be a good time to come in here and kind of just break down the way that the betting odds are. I, I like these big fights because they kind of give you a little bit of extra uh, information a little further out from the fight. Um, right now, Canelo to win where I was looking is minus 500 um, as a favorite. GGG is playing uh, plus 340, and that's moved wider in Canelo's uh, favor uh, in the recent weeks. Uh, Canelo by stoppage paying plus 150 on points, plus 105. Glovkin by stoppage plus 850 on points at plus 650. Uh, the over-under on rounds is 10.5 at a minus 190 over uh, the underplaying one plus 150. Um, the most likely stoppage rounds for Canelo, 7 through 9, paying plus 475. Um, but the uh, most likely outcome, either fighter by decision, minus 150, uh, with rounds 7 through 12, paying only plus 210. So they're thinking it's going rounds. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, we're it's... I, I I think if you you we might be thinking Golovkin gets stopped a little too easily. Yes, I know that he's shown some vulnerabilities against Derevchenko and he took some bad shots against Murata. Um, but I mean, he he ultimately prevailed in those fights. Maybe he shouldn't have in the Derevchenko fight. There was an argument there, but he did pretty damn well in the second fight in the later rounds against Canelo. Steve, I, I think saying this fight doesn't at least go the distance. We, we might be shortchanging the guy. Might be indeed. Uh, ben Robber said, my initial thoughts are he's Norton 2 still against Triple G, Canelo. He will win by points at super middleweight though. And even if he loses, he will still get it. Well, this is the feeling. If Triple G can't get the win against Canelo five years ago when they're in and around their peak uh, at 40 years of age and up at a new weight, I'm sure as hell, I don't think he's going to get the, the verdict even if he does enough wrong. What do you think, Rob? Uh, sorry, I was uh, drifting there. What was the What was the question? Sorry. <laughs> and people accuse me of hitting the ball. That was a heavy was... drag, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Steve? What are you saying? <laughs> no, I, I, was, <laughs> I was saying um, that if uh, Canelo, if Triple G can't get the win against Canelo five years ago in his prime, he sure as hell ain't going to get it now. Cookie dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think you're onto something. Look up. We kind of forget with time. It's funny. I was thinking about this in the in the run up to predicting this fight. At the time, I remember the night before, night after the first fight, and we were all raging, right? Rightfully so. And the whole boxing community was raging. 
And then it seems like, I don't know if it's PR damage control on the side of uh, Canelo, but somehow he's he's after coming out of all this looking like the good guy. He the, the like obviously he has no say in what the, what the judges do. The judges give him the decision. It was a fucking gift. There's no way in on God's green earth that he had seven rounds in that first fight. You just cannot find him anywhere in the fight for him. Not even seven rounds where he's even had a had a shot of winning. You know he had he had moments of success in the first fight. I'm not going to say he got completely smashed to bits. He that he was he was hanging in there, but the fight was an absolute highway robbery. He then pops. Right, so the second fight gets put off, and Golovkin has to go fight another opponent while Canelo is serving his ban or whatever, or his retrospective order, or whatever they did a B sample, and it turned out that he he was exonerated or whatever the fuck excuse they gave. But Canelo came or Golovkin came out then with the kind of nasty stuff in the run up to the second fight that you know he was there was needle marks in his ribs and that at the way in doctor friends and you know when he was speaking in his own native language he was being a bit more scathed and and then. The second fight, I thought Canelo won at 7-5. Right? I give it to him fair and square. A lot of people th- still think Golovkin won the second fight. It was more competitive than I thought. Uh, Golovk- or Canelo held the center of the ring a little bit more and was a little bit sharper with his combinations in the early stretch of the fight. But still could understand people giving Golovkin a fight. But I think even he, even Abel and him, even Abel knew he was losing the fight, I think, the second time. And that was the end of him and Abel's relationship. But, yeah, just to, to kind of reinforce what you said if there's no way that he's going to get a decision against him after clearly beating the shit out of him in the first fight there's absolutely no hope and he's regressed since then as well uh, Golovkin we can't overlook that he looked like shit for a couple of rounds against Morata in the first three to four rounds when he got his feet he's up at 68 which is never which is never his best weight I mean I think in his prime he probably could have campaigned to 54 if he wanted to take Golovkin and I feel sorry for him, and I know he's getting a massive payday, but like he should have had his moments. So whatever, whatever says you know, if these two were to fight each other three times and they have their trilogy, he should have had one win on the on the on the record. He's never going to get it at this stage. What would I absolutely love if he pulled out a knockout here and flattened Canelo? I actually would. I'd love it. It'd be brilliant. I, it'd be brilliant. It just he would get his just due. He gets a lot of criticism. Golovkin people say you know he beat up welterweights. I think it, it it's clear as day that he was one of the most avoided fighters that we've had in the modern era. I don't think anybody wanted to fight him. Ward was willing to fight him or whatever at, at a catch weight or come down or get him to come up. But he was the only one really seemingly calling about. Everybody else was ducking him. Everybody else was ducking him. And Gandhi Lee signed to fight him at the, at the height of his power. And then Golovkin's father's, father died and that fight was called off. But other than that, you'd Miguel Cotto didn't want to fight him. Sergio Martinez didn't want to fight him. Canelo threw the belt in the bin at one stage, didn't he, rather than fucking defending the kids? Stumped Yeah, so, like, lots of people ducked him, and he was left with these, the likes of these guys. The, what was that Australian fella he nearly killed? Yeah, yeah he was left with Gail and Macklin, and, you know, the guys that were capable, Rosado, good boys, good boys, that were capable, but they weren't able to give him, like, any kind of serious competition. And then, he was just gone that little bit beyond his peak then by the time the Canelo rematch came along. He had Danny Williams and that. There was there were signs of regression and signs like, you know, we're talk, talking at the height of Golovkin's powers. You're going back 10 years ago to when, you know, he was the scariest man in the division. It's a long time ago when he was at the top of his game. And Canelo's been getting better, getting sharper, getting more super Eager. strength out of somewhere. <laughs> you know, he's just he's growing in stature and size and in stature in the sports. Bit. Growing in um, confidence. I don't fucking growing care. Growing in confidence mostly. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so there's no fucking chance for Golovkin. You have to see that Golovkin has a very slim chance in this fight. 
I always said um, that I thought Canelo would actually stop him in the third fight, and that's going back maybe. I think we were talking about this during the height of the pandemic. It was one of the mm-hmm. fucking the fantasy fights we were talking about. I said at the time I didn't want to see it, and I thought Canelo would stop him. Now that there's fucking prediction league points on the line, I'm not as hasty to jump for the stoppage. <laughs> um, but I think it'll be a wide. I think it'll be Canelo wide. Um, but I would absolutely love to see Golovkin knock about. Love it. Yeah. Kevin Keegan still. You know, you know, fucking love it if we I beat him. Love it if we beat them now. Right. I mean, it's there's something about like when you're trying to identify fighters. It, it, it's not that they win. It's it's how they win. And and I think a good case in point, if you're trying to say like, how good was Golovkin? How hard did he punch? Like, you remember the beard that Ishida had on him. I mean, I think he ended up fighting at heavyweight. I think he might have won the Japanese heavyweight title for some reason. And Golovkin fucking demolished that guy in like three rounds, wasn't it? Put him on a I, fucking stretcher, mate. I mean, he not, not, knocked him out of the ring in Monaco, right? Which, very rich country, a good place to get medical care. Um, hmm. <laughs> but, um, it, uh, I mean, he was just wrecking these guys. Um, and he, uh, truly special fighter, absolutely ducked. And, um, in a perfect world where where uh, fairy tale endings happen, he would justly get a W over Canelo out of the three fights that they fought. But man, it's really hard to say that he will. So, and a, point that one. Oh, sorry, mate, you no, I was going to say here, uh, John O'Donovan on the yeah. on the he makes an interesting point. He says might be more hope than anything because I'd love it if it was competitive. But is there any credence to the thought Canelo might be slipping himself? Boxing News podcast mentioned it. After the Bivol fight, the fact he didn't look great against Plant either. Yeah, as I, as I mentioned by saying good point, there actually I was going yeah. to bring up that uh, that comment. It is a fair point. Obviously, you know, Canelo has been fighting pro since he was fifteen, I believe. He's had just shy of sixty fights as yeah. a pro. Not sure about his, his amateur career as such, but you know, again, training, sparring. He seems Golfing. to love the game. What's this? I was going to bring this up actually because. For what I understand, he spends the best part of two, three, four hours a day on the fucking golf course, and he's pr- meant to be pretty good at it. So, you know, he's made his money, hundreds of millions of dollars, pesos, 32-year-old, multiple world titles. Is the hunger still there? You know, and I, I take the point, he had no answers for Bivol. He was slightly behind, I think, on the cards against Kovalev. Maybe just the bigger guy, he's, couldn't do nothing with it. Um... And there has been moments of fights where he's, he's either close in the cards or he gets outboxed, and he's he's kind of you know we've seen him like for example I thought I thought he maybe lost to Trout possibly. Um, mentioned the Golovkin fight obviously as 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 well you know especially the the first fight he'd been in distance with Cotto again smaller dude but the Austin Trout fight especially um, that was far closer than what one of the scorecards were I think it was like one nineteen something like that for for for. You know, for Canelo, which we're discussing, the Mayweather fight again outboxed. So it could be just just like that he kind of struggles with movers. Golovkin's not really kind of you know, he's not got the feet as such. He doesn't move side to side. Doesn't he kind of bounce on his on his tiptoes, moving back in and out. He's kind of like flat footed, kind of seeks and destroys. Um, but I do take John's point. I think it's I think it's decent to say at this point. Is it potentially he's now beginning to slip himself? I think it is a fair point. Maybe. I wouldn't say he's maybe not at his peak anymore because if, he, if you're weight hot between light heavy and 68, that takes a toll as well. But again, he's had, he's had a new baby recently, I think, in the last couple of years. 
as I mentioned, he's got married. He seems to be enjoying himself a wee, a wee bit more, kind of like, you know, getting pissed up by like Max Verstappen having, you know, let's go to Bronies, let's fucking party. So he's enjoying the fruits of his labour. He's fucking deserved it. And as we mentioned, the, the golf course, who do we not know he's picking up injuries? You know, it takes a lot of twist on the knees and then and, and the, the lower back. Might pick up a wee injury here or there and that. So yeah, it's a very valid point. But I still think with Golovkin at this stage in his career, I still think Canelo will look far better than what he has done, certainly in his last fight at least. Uh, maybe even the Khalid Plant fight, which I think John's even uh, referencing there as well. Yeah. Yimmy Yappy says about uh, Triple J taking the knee. I think he is oh, a prou- proud, strong oh. man. And I'd be surprised if he, he will really bite down on his gum shield. I, it would take a lot, even at this stage of his career, to stop she, him. She, You'd she, have to she, consider him getting stopped on his feet then. Well, what I was going to say is, mate, if he's taking a knee, then it's going to be for brutal body shots because. Like this? <laughs> it's, Sorry, it's, it's, it's like the opposite of the guys of the fucking 72 fucking hell, is. But I just it's like drop the celebration <laughs> last week. That's not uh, <laughs> the fucking black handle. Um I was gonna say I just at this point though, if you look at Canelo sort of like Golovkin in his last fight where he's looking kind of like bloated with the weight cut, the the, the rehydration on top of it. He looked like he was taking some of those body shots from Marat, and he looked like he was breathing a wee bit heavy and as well, sucking in the air a wee bit. You just wonder if Canelo can land something, you know, or sustain something at least to, uh, to his body, body attacks. But for instance, his combination with left hook to the body, it might end up taking something out of him a wee bit. But I agree with you, Steve. I think there's there's fucking pride and there's honour involved with this one, like the sounds of it. And, you know, Golovkin's not been shy of talking some shit as well, bringing up the fucking failed drugs test. Talking about the judges again, that type of stuff. So um, he's got a wee bit to be aggrieved about as well, actually. Because you need to remember, he was the one that fucking fought Canelo at the time with the fucking field drugs test as well afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it, it cops it into question, it, especially the judges as well, you know. Well, as I always say, Andy, the truth is found out in the ring. And this is another perfect example when we'll see it. But you know the way people project their own thoughts onto things and they kind of convince you. I was listening to someone talking about it on another podcast the other day and he was like making a good case about the Murata fight. He was like, Golovkin was out for a long time before that at a different weight. Once he shook the rust and he got caught cold early on by a big puncher in Murata, caught him with some body shots. What did Golovkin do? He didn't fold. He didn't get stopped. He came back once he shook the rust off and stopped Murata. And I think he kind of makes a good point, mate. Maybe Golovkin hasn't slipped as much, you know what I mean? Exactly, mate. As I say, and that was a middleweight, actually, I believe, was it not? The, the oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. We haven't even touched on this fight being at 168, Steve. I mean, that's... You've got to factor this. It's probably it's going to be better for, Golo- uh, for uh, Golovkin, I think, 168. He spent a cur- an entire professional career, basically, at 160. Maybe a couple of catchweights here or there. Wasn't his amateur weight around there, whatever weight they have, yeah. like 162 oh, like, or something like that? Like, middleweight, I think, is an amateur. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, Matty, there's another one from Matthew Kemp. These are from the Boxing Nutters chat. If you want to join the community, come over to our Boxing Asylum Patreon page. Uh, Matthew Kemp, Matty says, Canelo obviously the favourite for good reasons, but I think Golovkin is being underrated. Sometimes great boxers have one last great performance in them. The first two fights were very close regardless of what the judges said, and there are plenty of miles on Canelo's clock. There are. I mean, and he's he's been going uh, a lot of rounds, even when he's been getting the stoppages. Um, the the Bevo fight, I mean, it might have affected it. I mean, there are some things, some weird things he did in that fight, Steve. Like, 
do you remember when like there were times when like Bevel would like uh would land, you know, two or three of a little combination and then back out and then yeah. for, like three or four seconds afterwards, Canelo was still moving his head, even though as if he'd slipped him, I know he's a sly bastard, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. even though like Bevel's like on the other side of the <laughs> ring, like what, what the fuck are you moving on, dude? And it's and 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 I think there's a lot of evidence that shows that he did take that loss seriously in the sense that he still can't convince himself that he lost. And, and there's some fighters where that results in a positive, like Deontay Wilder, you know, even though he didn't beat Fury in the third fight, everybody thought he was going to get wiped out and wiped out early. And in, that was definitely not the story of the fight. So the question is, is that stubbornness going to be a positive or a negative for Canelo? And I, 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 I think that's for each of us to, to weigh, um, but um, as much as Golovkin might be, you know, almost done with the sport with one foot out because of his age, Canelo might have one foot out of the sport based on interest. Thing is, um, just before we bring Rob back in, Matty, the Bivol fight, I don't really put much stock in the Bivol fight for a number of reasons. Of course, it was in a different way. Bivol was a lot taller and stronger than people thought. He could sustain the attacks too. He was throwing those bursts, those flurries at Canelo. And Canelo, it was like an unknown quantity. He's fought, got 24 rounds with Golovkin. I don't think Golovkin can sustain those kind of attacks that Bivol could. And it was like Canelo was trying to learn on the job almost after seven, eight rounds. He was like, shit, what can I do with this guy? I've never faced this before. I wasn't expecting this. And it was an unknown quantity thing. Whereas with Golovkin, he can't sustain that. And he hasn't got that kind of factor as well. So I don't put much stock in the Bivol fight. Yeah, I, I, I do and I don't. I can definitely see where you're coming from. Because uh, based on dimensions, I you don't know that. Uh, and, and footwork uh, too. Uh, you don't know that Golovkin can necessarily pull that off. Especially at like 40, you know, 40 or 41 years old. Whatever he's going to be for this fight. Um, but I, but I also wonder, cause like, you know, we, we used to see Golovkin throw a lot more punches and a little bit more snap. Um, but power is the last thing to go. So was what we were seeing at 160 with the reduction in those, uh, you know, abilities, uh, was it because of age or was it because of weight? And I, I think we're going to find that out. Um, if, if he's going to be more comfortable at 168 and, and if there's going to be a little bit more snap on his punches, Canelo could find himself surprised, especially if he's mentally convinced himself that this is going to be a lesser version of, of Golovkin. If for some reason he doesn't prepare the same way that he did uh, for the first two fights, ha-ha, LOL, um, he might find himself in trouble by a guy who's really hungry and a guy who really wants revenge. Michael Thompson picks up on a point. Um, Triple G was looking pretty good on that recent Teddy Atlas interview. Maybe the extra eight pounds has helped him out a bit. The thing is, Rob, stylistically, a lot of people are saying about Canelo going to the body based on Morata, based on Golovkin's age. I think Golovkin's also got to try and go to the body as much as he can. And obviously, he's the slower man on the inside, so that's going to present problems for him. But Canelo's no Vasily Jirov when it comes to punch output. And I think Golovkin's got to target that body as much as he possibly can. Yeah, I yeah, I could see it definitely. Um I think Canelo's more comfortable at sixty-eight, um, as a fellow who's been able to miraculously go up to sixty-eight, seventy-five, um frequently over the last couple of years to jump from sixty to seventy-five to sixty-eight all over the gaff. Like um I think actually think the weight's gonna suit Canelo a little bit more. I think the weight's too high for Golovkin at this stage of his career. And I don't wanna make too much of like 
Golovkin's regression because it's not like he's a shot fighter by any means. He's still very capable. But for me, since the second Canelo fight, and maybe since the first Danny, since the Danny Williams fight, actually, there was Devrichenko in there as well. Gave him a t- that was a, that took a lot out of him. I think Morata was giving him a fits at the start in the first fight, and even though he beat he beat uh, Canelo to the dogs in the street in the first fight, over the two over the twenty four rounds, he never really hurt him. I think there was a there was a there was a stage in the first fight, um, where Canelo looked like he may get stopped just off off kind of activity from Golovkin, um, and that he was like coming into deep waters with his breeding and that, and it was looking like maybe the tide was turning towards a stoppage, but he never really fucking stunned him, hurt him. Canelo's got a good beard. Now, having said that, Canelo was obviously juiced to the fucking gills in the first fight, wasn't he? Like, so he got some yeah. superhuman strength and recovery powers, which makes it worse. Um, that Golovkin didn't get his neck. It had as well, mate. His fucking yeah. head was huge. Rob, which fight was it? Whenever was it the tenth round? Was that the second fight when I thought Canelo was hurt badly? Was that the first or the second? First, no, not badly, first. but or was it the first fight? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one. Well, mate, he had spells of success down the stretch. I think Golovkin in the second fight, he, he fought. He left it too late, maybe in the second fight. I hope he goes balls out, Rob. If he gets to nine ten, I think I want Golovkin to just go balls to the wall and just throw everything at the kitchen sink. Yeah, I think he has to. I think he has to fight differently. I think, you know, all said and done, should have won the first fight. For me, he didn't win the second fight fair and square. Well, fair and square in terms of fucking how, how you judge fair and square, but he didn't win the second fight. I thought Canelo did enough to win it. But over those 24 rounds, I don't think Canelo looked in danger of getting iced or knocked out or one punch knocked out like, you know, old-style Golovkin. So at 68, older, visibly slower, I just can't see anything but a one-sided Canelo win, and I really, really wish I'm wrong. I hope I hope Can- um, Triple G has his moment, and you know, Canelo's been living with a lot of pressure, right? So if if he if he takes an, you know he's got he's carrying the zone network on his back. If he takes another L, you know, just come out and fucking say that you know you've been dealing with pressure, and you can go on a world tour. You know what I mean? Be active. The pressure's off now. You're not the champion anymore. This is the model that we're going on now in the zone pay per view. So we'll have fellas who are not the champion, but they're nice fellas who are dealing with pressure and going to fight all over the world. So who doesn't want to see that? I know I do. And come to Wexford, maybe I get him some Mexican <laughs> meat. Exactly. Uh, we'll not uh, go too depth on this because we've already discussed most of the points, but good point from Patrick before I hand back to Matty for the predictions. Everyone to get their predictions thrown in. Can't see the guy getting KO'd. Me and Andy were talking about that as well. And if Triple G can maintain a high work rate and Canelo sticks with his new out- low output style and see another close, perhaps controversial decision, I can see what Patrick's saying. And I think the fight will go exactly that way to a point, but the, cl- the, con- the close decision will go to Canelo. I can see like a 116-112. As I said before, like a broken record, if Golovkin couldn't get the win off him five years ago and then four years ago, he's going to be really hard-pressed to get it now unless it's by some kind of knockout. But I don't see the guy getting KO'd. I really don't see Golovkin getting KO'd. I think at times he'll probably get hurt to the body and he'll be struggling and he'll be really biting on his gum shield and he might even get hurt to the head. Who knows? But I'm really surprised if he got KO'd. And Canelo's going to be juiced up to the gills. But if he gets his win, then we'll give him his, <laughs> we'll give him his, we'll give him his prop. I, I'm going, Matty. Handy back to you. I'll go. Do you want me to go first? Sorry, just before I say anything. You know, with you and Rob tied, I, I kind of want to go to Rob first just to okay. give you a break. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm going Canelo decision. Canelo on points. Yeah, me, me too. Boring as it is. Yeah, Canelo points, me, I think. Me three. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the way I'm going too, guys. So... Let, let's let's switch this let's switch this up um and this is going to be a little bit funky and and I'll, I'll you know I'll do the math and and I'll do the rounding 
but what's going to be the average scorecard between the three judges? Hey, we're, not, we're not giving out points for fucking game. How are we supposed to guess what the fucking judges are going to do? One of them is going to give a fucking draw. I literally, right? I, I literally won a signed, uh, signed uh, picture uh, from Edwin Rodriguez for for predicting the cards dead on for Juan Manuel Marquez, Tim Bradley, split decision and all. So fuck you, Rob. Fucking, okay, I feel like Alex going down the rabbit hole. All three of the scorecards. So fuck you, Rob. What's going to be the average scorecards? Uh, one fifteen, one thirteen. All right. One sixteen, one twelve. I was going to say. Sorry, I meant, I meant. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It'll be wider. Sorry, I thought it'll be wider for Canelo. I think it's going to be, yeah, one sixteen, one twelve, one seventeen, one eleven. But they won't reflect. How yes, close yes. the fight is, you know. So that you want one seventeen. He's right. I, I agree. Sixteen one twelve. I'm gonna go seven one seventeen one eleven. Okay, Andy. Probably like one twenty one oh eight. Really? Get what these judges are like, mate. Andy, look at Alvarez against Bivol. You're absolutely right. I mean, fucking Alvarez lost that ten two, and they mm-hmm. still contrived to almost get the, yep. the round away from the draw. You're one hundred percent right. So we're not be. Anywhere, shape, shop, or uh, wide, wide for Canelo. As Steve says, I just pulled up a scorecard 150, 113 across the board against Bivol. Fucking, it was as close to, like, as Steve says, maybe even a 12 0 rather than a 10 That was not a close fight. Fucking, it was easy work, mate. Easy work. And I'll tell you what, I'm going on the other side of it. I'm going to go 115. 113 is going to be the average card on this one. And like I said, I'll just uh I'll just take them and I'll round them and it and I'll round up correctly and round down as we typically do and uh whoever's closest gets a point. Yeah, it's that's interesting. Just remember oh, okay, yeah. Do you think Matty that the judges will do that thing of kind of squaring it up so they don't be too controversial so they're kind of keeping with each other's remit. You know the way they do that in Las Vegas I think they they give rounds here and there to make sure it looks more plausible. That that might be the case especially considering that 118 110 yeah, card so that, that is yeah, always exactly. going to haunt the trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um but I'll tell you what guy one question I want to ask before that we had one more fight on that card uh, to predict, but uh, before we go on, I can only think of one example. When we think of like top level fighters who ended up uh, with a trilogy between them or, or even more, but, but let's stick kind of the, to the trilogies. You, you really can't think in those three fights of, of where one of, a, of where the, the third fight was absolute crap other than like uh, Duran and, uh, and Leonard, right? I mean, yeah, give me another example. Well, what about Ruiz against Holyfield? The third fight. Fuck, any, any, fucking right, fight. In any fight with John Ruiz, I don't give a fuck. Don't make us go back there, Andy. I'm still therapy for that fucking fight, mate. But so, but I mean, and John Ruiz isn't a top level fighter. I mean, you know, and, and that was end of Holyfield. So, I mean, you got to think like, you know, the, the, the greats when they were fighting, you know, like all the fights between uh with, between Bo and Holyfield were good. I think the third one may be a little bit less or so, if I recall, but still good. Mm. Holyfield I, said, didn't he have the blood thing in the third one? If I had a tackle right. or something, I don't know. Uh, or the heart or something. Or that something wasn't that the one right before he got the he got whole and the heart diagnosis? He got face planted. Yeah, ah, the third, I, I, that's what was the third, the third fight was when he spoke about it. He's been cleared by some witch doctor or something. Yeah, that's right. hands or something. Blaming an anemia or something. I can't, I can't yeah. remember. And, and um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think a lot of the pe- 
the, the like I think that we are wrong in thinking that or because I mean I remember us talking six months ago. Um, I pre Bevo fight and thinking that uh, Canelo was going to get uh, was going to knock out Golovkin, and now here we are, all of us going decision, some wider than others. But I think it shows where things have moved a little bit. You know, yeah. Uh, if I would have called, if I would have called quite a few years, maybe I've kind of thought if if, Canelo, if Golovkin had fought Canelo the night that he fought Marata. Mm. I think we're kind of like the opinion that maybe Canelo, eh, sorry, I Canelo, maybe I stopped him because he was he was sucking it in, he was feeling it. But Steve says he started to kind of grow into the fight, especially the latter half before the stoppage. At least he, he yeah. let the hands go, bring that 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 kind of like looping right hand he does over the top. Um. So yeah, but again, I'm just, yeah. he he does have to make tax, tactical changes, and this will be the first fight that he uh, has with Canelo without Abel Sanchez in his corner. Uh, I, I kind of think if, if there's one thing that when I went back and I watched the second fight, if I wish that he had done those times where he got Canelo into a defensive posture and decided to headhunt, if he had gone to the body instead, I think he would have number one, slowed down Canelo a little bit and number two, possibly opened up some more shots up top. So when he, if he does get Canelo in a defensive posture, he has to go to the body. I, I think he has to take those chances and then Canelo's yeah. not throwing and, and work it. I agree. Body first and then straight up to the head. But I don't think, I don't know if Abel Sanchez know that will make much difference. Yeah. It's a cliche. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. What's he going to do much differently from what he's already done? Not very much, I don't think. And I'd be interested to know who the referee is. Rob was mentioning it there in the private chat. Very good point. I hope he's not fucking Tony Weeks, to tell you that for certain, because I, I can't stand him. I don't know who the referee is. Yeah, I I don't know who it is too, and I guess I I think that that's a uh, that that's a uh, reasonable uh, question when it when it comes to these fights in Vegas, and I you got and that's the thing where, where I think you're right, Steve, is what well, this fight's going to be close. The details here. It's the, 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 this fight's going to be close, come hell or high water, man, and mm. and and it's not going to go Golovkin's way if that's the case, right? Just reading this box right here, box has seen article meant the Nevada State Athletic Commission has approved Nevada's Dave Moretti and New Jersey's Steve Weisfeld to score the, the third grudge match September 17th in Las Vegas. The commission has also assigned Oklahoma's Dave Sutherland to the judgment panel and Nevada's Russell Mora Jr. as a referee for the Super Middleweight. Oh, low match. blows will be alright then. Yeah. Russell Mora. We needed uh, Steve Willis. This man, I wanted to see some face effects. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Moore, I think he's been mm. involved in any controversial. I think he has, maybe. Well, he was they the all have at some Yeah, point. at this point, once you've been in that many high profile fights, I think it's much of a much. Yeah, but. He was the Abnamares judge, wasn't he, when he was punching the shit out of Becker? Am I right in saying that? Or was that Lawrence Cole? Do you guys do you guys remember it? Because uh, let me don't make me lose this because I'm actually thinking, has Harvey, have you, do you remember a car, contra, anything controversial with Harvey Doc? Like, I actually think the guy might be killing it. Yeah, yeah, well, no. He's a New York ref, isn't he? They don't usually mm-hmm. bring him to Vegas. I, I, yeah. I know, but it just made me yeah. think. Like, I think Harvey Doc is killing it, and we never it, give him any credit. It was Mare's like Beko fight that I'm thinking about Russell Mora. That's the that is Mora. Yeah, I couldn't remember yeah. whether it's Mora or Lawrence Cole. Right? Okay. No, Doc's yeah, that... a good ref, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's all right. I think. Yeah, I, I like I, him. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of. Uh... When you go back, Zander. There you go. No, I'm a big fan of that ref. Uh... Oh, the California ref had done the, the Fury Wilder fight. Jack Reese, no bullshit with that guy. Gives yeah. you every chance as well, I think. 
I think so. I think sometimes, though, I don't know. He's a bit he's a bit over dramatic sometimes. I think, and no, but, yeah, shy, I mean, but no, I, I think at this stage they've all they've all got their own personalities and they've all made mistakes yeah. and all that. So you can't really split. Them. But, but, I think but that was a good two, discussion. Four, three. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, go on, Steve, we got one more fight I, uh, for the for the prediction. You know, we got uh, each of these. You know, just kind of worth a point one kind of things. Um, yeah. But. Um, uh, there, there's an interesting fight on the undercard on there, and, and it's a little bit under the radar, and that's Austin Williams uh, versus Kieran Conway. And I only yeah. say that Austin Williams is a puncher, undefeated, 11-0, nine knockouts. The guy can clearly bang. Conway is only lost by split decision. Against Sissoko. Yeah. It, it and then he, I, then, I don't agree with that card, though. I think Sissoko won that fight wide. Might have been the case, and then but then there was also I, I think a prize fight or something. He had a three round split on there, and I and damned if I could ever think of what the heck that fight was. Um, and I and I think the curiosity on this one, we we might all be going with Williams, but the question is 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 Conway going to go the distance? I mean, he's obviously at the very least durable. He's fought a reasonable level of competition. Um, you know, a couple of blemishes, but a, a, you know, a good looking record. He's just not a puncher. No, uh, Conway always finds his way onto these shows, doesn't he, for some reason. Against Sissoko, I think, didn't he put Sissoko down at some point? But apart from that, I thought Sissoko was boss in the fight, so he seems to find his way on. As for Williams, I thought he was a bit of a novelty act. I was talking to him um, with Ames about him before, but apparently not. He does have amateur pedigree, and his last win was really impressive against Chordale Booker, who's no mug, and he banged him out in a round. So I'm going to lean to the fact that I think Williams might catch Conway at some point. I don't know whether to go for points. Or stoppage, um, I suppose. Do I have to pick now? Yes. See, I'm leaning towards stoppage because Williams is a puncher, but Conway's tough enough. He can hang in there. I think he might get to points. So, ah, fuck it. I'll go for it. I'll go for William, Ammo Williams by, by stoppage. But it'll be a, a statement if he manages to do it. And it's only a 10 round as well. I'll go stoppage for Williams. All right. Rob, what do you think? Who's fighting? Danny Austin. Williams is fighting someone again, is he? What's going uh, on? Austin Williams and Kieran Conway. Um, I'm going to go for uh, Kieran Conway by decision. Really? Yeah. Over the undefeated knockout artist, Austin. Yeah. Austin really? He sounds yeah. Irish, don't he? Kieran Conway. Like, I, kind of, I don't want to root against him, you know, that way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I haven't a fucking clue. I've never, I don't know. I have never seen either of these two fights, so I couldn't tell you. Um, Conway's a non-puncher, Rob, from the zone kind of domestic scene. Williams is a bit of an unknown quantity, but he can bang. Obviously, Williams is the favourite then uh, by knockout. I'm going to go knockout on the under. Williams, knockout? Under, on the under. You saved your adversary in the league there, Steve. <laughs> you, well, maybe. Well, I think, he, I th- I think he was fairly certain I wasn't giving a fucking serious answer there. Uh, hopefully, but uh, yeah, what? And watch Conway fucking end up gutting out a fucking weird decision. Andy, Conway the machine. Stoppage or uh, decision? Yeah, yeah. Stoppage on the under. I got yeah. you, Andy. What fight? Was, I popped away there briefly. What's the fight you were talking about? <laughs> Austin Williams versus Kieran Conway. Jesus, fuck you people. Fucking the, the, the fight is this. Kieran Conway. The... Yeah. Fuck Austin me, Williams man. undefeated, 11 0, 9 knockouts. Is, Con- is, is, Conway Con- even, is Conway even fought above British level? I'm trying to remember. 
Fort Sissoko and a Virgil Hunters for you. Oh, so European level then. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll go Austin Williams, knockout, stoppage, some sort of fucking thing, mate. What a shit fight to pick, mate. I, like I said, I think the interesting thing is... The is, interesting is, fight is, is I've made off against Rosado, mate, the gatekeeper. Yeah, well... Knows the gatekeeper. Well, I'm going Gate Williams on points, because I think Conway might be able to fucking see the final bell on this one. He, uh... Yeah. Parley, baby. Parley. Nah, I ain't gonna touch that one. I, I think I'm gonna go Shady with bag. the I think I'm gonna go with the Canelo Golovkin over and I and Mahmoudov by stoppage. I think when you put those two together, you'll probably end up getting over even money. I think that's what I'll do this week. <clears throat> all right, Steve. I, that's all I, that's the information I need, Steve. I'm the only one going points on that one. So all right. Good stuff. Uh, anything else we need to discuss, boys, before we go on to value of the week? I think we've done enough, haven't we? Yeah. We've done our business. Uh, so, keeping with the theme of going back in time, I've managed to fish out another little clip to lead us into value of the week for episode 491. Uh, Andy was talking to hater Dave Loback back in the Mayweather-Pacquiao preview special. The fight had been signed, everyone was buzzing. Hater oh, Dave no. was patting away. And uh, all of a sudden, Andy, talent spotted that he is, recognised a potential future panellist in our midst and dragged her out onto the call. Let's have a listen. What the fuck? I just wanted to make a comment about about the judging. Like, I'm I'm personally not too worried about dodgy judging. I mean, I know it's Vegas. There's a very good chance that we'll probably get something that's way off. But in a fight like this that everybody's going to be seeing, I think the fans are going to be the judges. And if it is wide in one way and somebody gets robbed, everyone's going to know. You know, um, everyone's going to see it. Everybody's going to know which guy won the fight, even if, unless it's a Dave. very close fight, and then which, which case doesn't Dave. Really matter. Dave, who's your female in the background, mate? That's Dave, your, that's, that's your my son. mom. I thought it was your mum. Is that your mum? You can put her on the phone. No, no, she doesn't want to talk. Come on, put her on the phone. Ask her who she thinks all went. Put her on the phone, I want to ask her a question. What do you want to ask her? I'll tell her. No, put her on the fucking phone. I'm not going to be a prick or anything like that. I'll be a gentleman. Put her on the phone. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> he said, he sounds a bit wary saying that. What's her name, by the way? Hello. Hello, dear. What, sorry, what, Hello. what's your name? Hi, can you hear me? This, I'm David's mom. Hi, sorry, what's David's mom? What's you your name? question for What's your My name, sorry? Cindy. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy are, you, are you pumped for the Mayweather Pacquiao fight? Oh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, May second, I'm ready. Ready? Who's going to win? Um, I think Pacquiao's got to win for sure. Yes. Yes, we'll have that. We'll have that. <laughs> I'll give you back to David. Thank you. Cheers. You have to go by who's cuter? Who's cuter, Pacquiao or Mayweather? Oh, you like the Asian men, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I like the Latinos. <laughs> I've done it. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, actually. Cindy Lomack in the house. Look at Tommy and Cut on the call as well. You Scots are some of the most classless sons of bitches on the face of the earth. What are you talking about? I was, I was, I was absolutely was. perfectly pleasant to yeah. him. What are you talking about, you yeah, cunt? 
yeah, yeah. You like the Asian men. <laughs> so what, like, is Pacquiao Asian? He's no, he's not a fucking not white. A proper... he's, no, he's no white Caucasian guy, is he? We fucking <laughs> for Scotland. He's no a fucking black man for Denver or anything like that. He's a fucking that... Asian. No, he's part Spanish. That wasn't Cindy's only appearance, Andy. I'm not going to play anymore, by the way. But she oh, came on another fuck. couple of times, didn't she? Well, <laughs> I, 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 I think you're purposely trying to go through, uh, through fucking videos here, trying to fucking flame us and get us to fucking fail. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting something bad to here crop up some some week. That Steve, just think if you spent this like, I, I, I'm almost tempted to like get the predictions for next week out to you guys earlier in the week so you could spend your time watching footage because I'm almost curious how could you be if I gave you homework. That's well over five years ago, that call, by the way, it must have been. Yeah, Jesus 2015. We, we escaped cancel culture, and when is he going to dig it up to make sure that we finally get cancelled? <laughs> no. I what, I ho- hopefully, my, uh, Steve doesn't dig up that fucking Orlando Cruise. The Orlando Cruise my, one? Jesus Christ, man. We have to fucking fish that one off the airwaves pretty quick. That that is one of the funniest things that I have ever been a part of in my entire life. I had That's one of the greatest lines I got, ever. Uh, by, by laughing so much by it that night, it was that the puns and the innuendos were just off the charts. Heads up on our knees. <laughs> I can't remember everything that got cut out of that. Like I remember everything, man. Did edit. it again? Just a bit. He really? Just That's, a bit. I'm sure. Oh, that's terrible! That's terrible. There was just such. It was at least twenty minutes it cut. I think that's bullshit. that was that was the days that was that was the days before we, we, we did the live episodes as well. We reached to record it, then up it. The, the early days. People haven't. That's ridiculous. People haven't heard because for the people who haven't heard it. I mean, I don't give a shit. Tommy had a great line uh, in there. He, he, he Tommy said he said. Oh, uh, he said on Saturday night, uh, Cruz is getting beaten around the ring. Also. He's fighting Salito. <laughs> no, we it get cancelled now if that got paid. It was, it was the. It was, th- that is too. That is too colloquial and esoteric. I, I, I think it was a customer comment. It was a customer. Oh no, the customer comment, Andy. That was, um, that was on the Bryn Jonathan Butler episode when he came on to talk oh, about Tyson's upbringing. I was on that call as well. He said, uh, "Oh, did you know Cost was from England?" <coughs> he said, "Really? Ramsbottom. Yeah, he was born in England. He's from Ramsbottom." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought there was a bit. Yeah, I thought it was that same episode. Right. No. Jesus well, Christ. even though I cut these, I can't take the tre- credit for going out and finding them again. They came up on the comments, and I noticed the comment popped up saying, "I can't believe Dave Lowback's mom came on the call." And I was like, "Oh, hang on a minute, I must, I must, <laughs> I must cut that one." And that's how I found out about. Same with you and the Sonic the Hedgehog rings. Someone had like had made mention of it in the in the comments. There you go. Hey, hey Andy, read Josh Ford's comment. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I just put one in the NFL there. Give me a second here. Where's the comment? What's the it's on the page. I'll read it out to the audio. He says, <laughs> I remember listening to the post Bell You Clev podcast now and he's saying the best thing about the car just getting oral sex. <laughs> That's true. I'm, well, I'm not going to get into the fucking details, but that car was so shit and so boring that I managed to fucking divert for a couple of minutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How that, many details do you need? I mean, that's pretty much it's quite succinct. And then yeah. I end up getting what fight was that? Was that a rematch? Because I, that, I yeah, wasn't the, the first fight night. good and the second fight sucked. Yeah, it was the rematch. Rematch. Yeah, shit. end up there in the state that night. I wasn't. Right. I tell you, what, I was. I was far worse for the fucking uh, Klitschko Fury fight, mate. That was fucking hanging out my farter for about two days after that fight. 
<laughs> Pair Paul, I think Paul Webb even got fucking bodied because he. I remember him saying that that, that, that Klitschko was going to knock out Fury with a fucking jab, and I was like, I ain't having this. And I think Tommy was even having to go back at him as well, eh? coming out with comments like that. I wonder if either of your children were conceived because the fight was horrible. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I think, now, mate. Um, Are we into the value no. of the week? Have we gotten there? With How the long game? ago was Broner made Anna, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that Marcus Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, the, my, my oldest was born at that time, mate. She, I think that was, 20, was that 2013? That I think you fight, Steve. 2013, 2014? 13, 14. Was it 14? Yeah, so my, 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 my daughter was about 18 months, two year old at that time, and the wee man came by accident. By, I literally came by accident. Um, I'm not getting into that one, mate. I, I got I got fucking assaulted that entire weekend, mate. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> God, especially when you're at your prime in that, mate. But nowadays you're just like a fucking wasted rag, you know. Fuck off. <laughs> pull, pull the light when you finish and switch the light off as well. Clean me up. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll see if I can I'm find out any more clips. Good job, we're not going to get cancelled anyway. We escaped know, yeah. all that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I like how Dr. FMG's that Scottish champ straight from the Sean Connery playbook. Well, you're much funny, funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, on to the belly of the weeks. Your first nomination. Um, an announcement from Isaac Lowe. <laughs> Said day for Britain. <laughs> Says Isaac. I think he's doing it on purpose at this point. He's fucking going to be here. <laughs> He's a good lad in the old eyes. Like he's, he's funny enough. I see that he's. <laughs> I see that he's verified. And I, oh, he's verified. I, boy. Want, I wonder who had to assist him in that process. <laughs> yeah. This is how you switch your phone on Isaac. Press it here. It says on O N. Spanish language verified. Um, the WBC have created a new special WBC belt, Andy. The Zapoteca belt, also known as the Jaguar Warrior belt, which will be awarded to the winner of Canelo versus Yes, yes. May I responded to this tweet with all the dignity I could muster. Get what I said? What? Fuck off. <laughs> hey, can I all get another gift wrap that fucking belt there, man? Hey, another fucking shitty... Fucking, what was the other one? That's Tekka Belt, that type of shit. I know he's into easy art and all that type of stuff, man, but fuck me. Steve, I, I, I kid you not, I really like that belt because I think it matches these shoes that I just bought at the Adidas store. <laughs> I, I might go and grab them real quick and go on cam. So, uh, yeah. Dropping some acid. Yeah, 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 ta- yeah. yeah you, you guys go on, but I'll be back. And I'll well, as a wise man once said, Matty, it was what it was and it is what it is. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Goat has been nominated. You belong with the legends, someone said, and then they put her up there with Floyd and Tommy Hearns and James Joe Tony, Lewis, Sugar James Ray. Tony, Sugar Ray. <laughs> all the fuck's the Ali, man? Where's Ali? Oh, Look at fuck's sake. Well, Brian Deal, Rob, did make his own version of different legends. <laughs> I thought that was the version that she was actually after, but it wasn't. But no, fucking easy I am. Who's the one top left, Steve, with the, with, with, the, with the... Well, I thought it was KSI, but apparently it's F.A. Ajagba, I think Dominic oh, has it? rightly um, identified. Oh, here's Matty now live. Let me get rid of this. Put them in the bin, Matty. There we go. Put them in the bin. There you go. Oh, sorry, Matty. I cut you off. Uh, where are we? How do I get... Solo layout. There we go. Face for radio, this fella. This is why we don't do camera. Uh, face with Hunter Hoos, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Matty. Do they have uh, do they have fucking bray lumps up the side of them, them runners? Do they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Let's see. Let's see. Smoke that bong. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, FA Jaguar apparently. We've got Yildirim down the bottom there. We've got the dock. Fucking hell. The gad. The gad. Gary gad. And Marty glows in the dark. <laughs> and Wellings, the biggest deviant of the lot in the top corner there as well. So there you go. Well done, Ryan. He's quite the Photoshop. He also produced this one for us as well, which you've seen. The Ooh. Phantom of the Okra. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, God. That's quality. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, get this fucking musical on the road, please. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Find a mediocre, unbelievable. <laughs> oh. Yeah, next one here. Michael Benson has been uh, tweeting out shoes. He's nominated this. Tony Bellew is talking about Fury versus Joshua. AJ is the biggest draw. If you're going to be reasonable and say 50-50, it'd be crazy not to take it. But at 60-40, I would be hesitant because you bring an awful lot to the table, AJ. Probably more than the champion himself. <laughs> wow. Jesus fucking He's Christ. relentless, isn't he? Oh, mate, I'm telling you, right now, just, just, he's, he's, he's so far off from Bellew, will you? Just get down off him, man. You're embarrassing yourself. Why would you be like that about another grown man, man? For fuck's sake, what's the matter with you? 60-40 for Anthony Joshua is one of the most generous offers that I I could possibly fucking imagine in sports. I've I've said it before. He's so far up AJ's arse, he can look his fucking eyeballs, by the way. That's how fucking far up is. He's even fucking taking rent. AJ's charging rent because he's got a self-contained flat up there as well. Fucking hell, man. I fucking hate these percentage discussions. It's something that's after coming in in the like social media era or the internet era and all, because I cannot fucking remember ever another time in the sport where Floyd fans Manny. of one fighter and another fighter would get together and argue with, with who who deserves a bigger share of the fucking purse based on what the commercial. First of all, numbers don't lie, so it'd be easy to fucking find out who the biggest draw is there if they wanted to. You know, they got fucking algorithms, all kinds of crazy shit, fucking analytics that they can. But it doesn't matter. Like, what the fuck has it got to do with Tony Pellew? Fucking hell, man. Give me a break. He deserves a 50-50. Fuck me. Would you just get down? What is it? When did this fucking relationship with AJ and Bellew fucking turn into this? Like, was it coincidentally when Bell- Bellew took his job on his own? I don't know. Like, but it's fucking embarrassing. Like, Yeah, do my favourite, Rob. I don't know if you're on your phone or got a laptop near you, but Google, go to the zone and check Tony Bellew's status in the zone. He's not just a pundit by all, by all accounts. All right. Okay. I'm not going to be able to do that. Someone's going to have to tell me. <laughs> nah, he's some sort of. I, I, I need to go and dig it out again to, to give the exact title, but it was like some sort of editor or something like that. I, I don't know. So he's kind of like more involved rather than just being the front man, you know? It's an embarrassment, uh, is what it is. Exactly. Because at the end time, his comments about Gervonta Davis, you know, you need to come over a real platform. You need to join the zone ASAP. No fights for you, baby. M. Lithgow is right in the chat. I've said this myself in the past. Joshua doesn't even rec- ever mention him or recognise him. It's a one-way friendship. Joshua doesn't even know who he is. Joshua's got too many friends, man. That's his fucking problem. Here he is again. It's madness to low ball, AJ. Tony Bellew on the Fury Joshua purse bit. Bellew's How's that a low ball? How's that a low ball, really? I mean, come on, you fuck. I mean, the money me. he's going to make... Just forget about what he's going to make off the fight. I think about the money he's going to get off endorsements, man. Sponsorships. Interviews, fuck me, he's gonna be fucking you know, crawling in it. How much fucking money does he the cunt need? He's fucking a multi multi millionaire. I know. Well, he's chief ring licker. Uh, Anthony Fowler's been getting stuck in on Twitter. He said, I asked my missus' his kid what she learned at uh-huh. school today. She said, Roman numerals. Surely they can teach children stuff they're actually gonna use in life. She's only nine, but still, 
Gavin McDonald said, don't get me started on education, mate. I don't know one person who's doing well from going to school or uni. Fucking <laughs> it. See that? See that? Not, his brother. <laughs> Not his brother, anyway. Aye. Listen, see that spam heady that... wank bubble fowler by the tail, right? If this is the cunt that pedals CPD is going to cure fucking COVID, right? And whatever else it was, cancer and all this fucking shit. Oh, fucking dick. It's clearly his daughter or his son, whoever it was, has actually got a theme at school about the fucking Roman Empire, supposedly. And they've been learning about the fucking Roman numerals and how to count it. But, oh, man, it's all about fucking getting it out there. Get it out in the tweet, man. Get it out in the tweets. Get me, get me some attention. Fucking Muppet. I... I had to give his screen name another look there. I thought it said Big Twinkie Gay for some reason. Apparently, he recovered uh, who stole the pram on him as well. Your man phoned him and said, I'll give it, you can have it back if you give me IV 100 pounds. Fuck's sake. Yeah, but oh, I mean, just, what, so but, uh, we need to cover a wee, a wee guess here. Maybe Matty can get out his parlay, but what, say, what, what movie is Bill you going to be in? Do you think? Apparently he's in LA getting ready to shoot a film. I think it's another one of the Rocky films coming well, out. That's oh, what it'll be. Yes. Well, they're, doing the drag, they're doing Drago. They're doing Drago. Stallone was raging. Was the, wasn't he? Stallone's cracking yet. I've seen there Stallone was raging on Instagram. That's, that's what it'll it be. On the screen, Andy. He done a humble brag, didn't he? Not ah, just a kid from Liverpool out in LA making movies, don't let anyone blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That'll be the Drago film then. You're right, Rob, because I remember Stallone was raging on Instagram the other fucking week there. But loyalty and all that shit, and it's clear that they've got another fucking film lined up, so that's what it'll be. Rematch between him and Apollo Creed's son. You imagine it, all the marbles. Remember, Bellew was kicking about Liverpool by a gun. That's how he got pulled out of that fight, wasn't it? Pretty, pretty yeah. Ricky Conlon, that was the yeah. that was the script, wasn't it? Absolute um, fucking Stallone's not happy about it. He said, Adrian! Adrian! Are you scared, okay? <laughs> Get him what on was the he mic. so fucking what was he so fucking uh, up in arms about Adrian for? She showed her fucking true colours when he went to go fight Drago, didn't she? He's at the bottom of the stage. But you can't win. Me? You can't win. So I just shut the fuck him out of enough of me mind to go fucking fight a big rush. Mickey was the same though, mate. He'll kill you to death, Rock! He'll kill you to death! You yeah. haven't been hungry since you won that belt. Well, in, in the sixth Rocky movie, two of those people were dead and one wasn't. Guess who got the last laugh? Once someone got the last laugh. Get up, you son of a bitch. Because Mickey loves you. Fucking hell. I'm nostalgia here, man. Jesus, fuck me. Oh, dear. Uh, Chris. <laughs> throwing in this one. I don't know what's happening over at Buckingham Palace, but it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Look at 18 stone about you. Oh, there's some bits of crackers flying about. <laughs> Savannah. Savannah Marshall got nominated. I can't remember who threw this in, but she's getting sponsored by Manjaro's. <laughs> the same Manjaro. Moving on. There's a new goat in town. She's not quite as glamorous as Floyd. Uh, someone nominated Joe Goose and says, look at the fucking state Better of that hair. melon. <laughs> fucking hell, man. He's had, he, he's had that fucking like, hair, hair dryer that they kind of fluff it a wee bit. Eh? Got to have, man. Got oh. to have. Him and Lennox are brutal on that commentary, aren't they? I, Jesus. That, that, what's his name again? What's the host? Oh, Brian Kenny. Brian Kenny. He, he still calls him Lennox. 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 Yeah. 
Joe well, looks like Robert De Niro after a chemical peel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when fucking when Henry Winkler had his fucking Indian summer in the movie business, isn't it? When he came back for like water bottle. Hey, woman. <laughs> oh, I appreciate every night. Mm. I don't know where I am. Bring the princess over to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you a real man. Get no shot. You get no shot, and I mean that. Let's take things up a level, boys. Let's take things up a level. There he is. Oh, AB. <laughs> he says he's got no shame, Andy. He said nothing can embarrass me. That's what he said. And then he hey, sort of appeared. Hey, with, you, you could not run. You could not run. You could not fucking get that kind of redneck my blowtorch. By the way, right, swear to fucking god, that guy's got no shame. I see the really out videos that he's struggling in fucking training apparently as well. He's something to get coaxed through fucking sessions. It's not good for AB, baby. It's sad to see. This video, though, one of the listeners sent this to me. I don't know if it was Gavin Graney or Joe Thackeray. One of the boys sent it to me on Insta. They were looking for Andy on Insta so they could send it to him. But <laughs> in this video, he um he kind of does like an Insta, Insta bird uh, move where he fucking shows his hair but he's got his bare arse sticking up in the back in the background so get that soft ass shit off the screen literally it's your brother oh. is uh is he going great or did he comb some cum in his beard <laughs> <laughs> but if she had a good spot back at him or something like that the back of the limo again is it <laughs> oh, exactly. oh the old hood rat what a that was, by the way. Jesus yeah. Christ. My God. Uh, yeah, anyway. Let's take things up another level. Uh, Matthew Butters nominated uh, Baumgardner. Here's one for you, Rob. I'm going to eat your ass. Unless yes. Baumgardner goes in and gives it straight. <laughs> That's not the first time Rob's heard that. It's just Rob's got instant bad. wood, by the way, right now. I can she, feel uh, it. Apparently, she threatened her after that. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Rob, I'm going to ask you, right? If I'll ask all these, actually, because I mentioned it last week, it was about um, Shannon Courtney's eyebrows. Well, Baumgartner's done the same fucking thing. She shaved off her fucking eyebrows and painted some on. Why do they fucking do this? So this. Why well, am I supposed to have the answer to this? <laughs> yes, oh, it should be the end, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this this was towards uh, Michaela Mayer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about things they'd spend eighty four ninety five on. Your OnlyFans, Matty. Yeah. Oh, hey, talk about OnlyFans. Andy Ruiz's trunks with OnlyFans on the fucking back here. Oh, How's yeah. that, by the way? How fucking, you know. Pay his subscriptions fucking... through the fucking roof already. For uh, sure. God's in a Mars bar, the fat cunt. Well, if you want big tits on OnlyFans. That's the great thing about having a fat ass is you can Happy. have a bigger advertisement. We want full, we want full round ones, Rob. No fucking saggy, fucking seventy-year-old, you know, tattooed it, ones. Exactly, mate. <laughs> you know, he is. He's a state, isn't he, man? He looks like Johnny Vegas going into white collar. Size of that man. Look at the fucking state of him. Look at that. He's even got snakes and ladders in his fucking neck tattooed there as well. The state of that as well. Fucking hell. He's in some shape. Yeah, Joe Kennedy's nominated the WBC. They called shout out to both fighters. What a fight! Fight of the year candidate the, the WBC said Andy. Oh, fight of the year candidate. Dick. Maybe fucking sleep of the year candidate, possibly, mate. Because I had fucking <laughs> some problems sleeping last week after my fucking heavy cold and that. But fuck me. Watch that shit on repeat with fucking pity to sleep at the end insomnia. Trust me. Fucking garbage fight, mate. That's garbage. 
terrible fucking comment. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Shane Mosley. Come on. Fucking Randy Savage specs, wouldn't you? Yeah, He looks like um, you know, when birds get like a delivery from Sheen and they put it up on fucking Instagram. Sheen Hall, see through this little see through number. What's he asking? Shane? Like, is this would the son not go have a word with a man? Da, for fuck's sake, get off Instagram, stop fucking meeting ones on Tinder, and fucking change your shirt down, will you? You're making a show of us. No, he, he's one half of the uh, new cover group, Black Said Fred. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tell you what, his old man's looking in decent shape, isn't he, Jack? Aye, aye, looking yes, well. Jack, aye. Jack's after trading in the sailor hats. He's fucking retired from the fucking from the seas. It's the Randy Savage specs I can't fucking get past, old mate. What the fuck's all that? Oh, he's he's midlife crisis appointing him. Well, yeah. I suppose he has been for the last ten years. <laughs> aye, it, that's the that's the kind of pity about social media and all these things, like because. In years gone by, like, right, I've no idea. I don't know. Take fucking random fighter. Titus Bramble, for example. Fucking, or not Titus Bramble. Fucking. Livingston Bramble. Livingston Bramble. Some of these guys. Don Carey. I don't know what the fuck they were like in their relationships. I don't know, like, what they felt like when they were heartbroken. I don't know what their fucking fashion faux pas were. But now I have to fucking see everything. Why can't I just remember Shane Mosley as a great fighter? I have to remember him as this fucking romantic schlep going around in a see-through top. Fucking uh, ruining me. Fucking you know, I mean, here on all these those, those would go really well with the Oscars fishnets. Yeah. Yeah. And then the pulling his misses for a win against Ricardo Mayorgari must have got a last slap. <laughs> oh, brilliant, Rob, man. Aaron Superman Davis crying. Yeah, I don't want to fucking do that either. He's just Aaron Superman. Marilyn Sterling's just Marilyn Sterling. I don't know about any love letters he wrote to fucking ones on. You know what I mean? What he's really missing is one of those uh, half yellow, half gold Danny Garcia jackets. Oh, no, don't encourage him, whatever you do. Anyway, he might get into influence. Only 100 bucks. Box. It's probably all you can afford, Steve. <laughs> exactly. Someone tagged the asylum accounting on this. I don't know how or why, but it ended up with like about 500 retweets or likes or something. It was booming. So I don't know who this guy is. Oh, this is An Anison Gibb. Apparently, he won the Influencer Boxing Championship on Saturday evening. Matthew, I don't know if he's... Oh, he knocked someone out on his own or something, didn't he? Look at his nipples, man. They're like Logan, but he's dipped in ball for all they fucking nipples, man. No. <laughs> Steve, uh, I, I can't say that I was aware of the goings-on of the ICB, but I guess I'll have to start paying well, attention. Rob seems to know. The zone, Rob, yeah? I could be wrong now on that if it was the zone, but he knocked someone out in four rounds. He stopped the guy. He looked actually not bad. He was one of the YouTubers who looks like he can have a fight. But that's where we are now. You know what I mean? That's where we are. Uh, we have a casual eye over the fucking YouTubers who can't Seen in Germany last night, Steve, as I was mentioning, these influencers and you 25,000 live subscribers. Fucking. Yeah. I get Matt and Rob in the ring here, by the way. That's what we need to do. I can't, Matty, when I. But I was in Germany, right? And I was buying. Um, was buying runners or something in the shop, and it was all these. You're buying what? Like, rubbers? Runners, 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 trainers, trainers. As we oh, call them, I think you're rubbers, mate. You need, you need to be clear here now. No, it's not the fucking 80s, man. What do you think? I'm sorry, sorry man. You're not going to be rubbers. Rob, I wouldn't do it unless you trimmed your beard. I'm just saying that right now. That's unfair. <laughs> Neither of you are passing Vardo, are you? Anyway, go on, Rob. Exactly. But I was in a fucking, I was in a, like, um, a sneaker store or whatever, and I'm buying a pair of runners. Like, and there's this 
little girl, young ones, and they're all like fawning over this guy. And I was saying to the missus, man, he must be fucking, must be a pop star. Like he must be like Hasselhoff out here. And I called him. I was like, and they're all like, get his autograph and taking a picture with him. And I was like, come here, who's your man? And they were like, he's YouTuber. That's <laughs> like fuck him. What the fuck is that? So am I. A picture of me. Hey, Rob's a YouTuber. Yeah, you're a YouTuber as well. Exactly. Uh, anyway, Dian Song Gib, congratulations to you. Uh, finally, he's been back again. I don't think he's selling anything yet, but look out for Floyd in the ping pong circuit, playing here with his mate. You're a tricky player. So it's 20 to 15. Wow. He's tricky. I don't know. He's going to Asian. Now you're going to switch up on me. It's going to be tough, ladies and gentlemen. But I got to try to pull it off. Hey, a lot of speed. Did Floyd have an exhibition fight for in Japan planned here? I tell you what, for a fella who's amassed such a big, big fortune, he definitely looks like he has a lot of real and genuine friends around him, doesn't he? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I actually feel a bit sorry for him, man. He's, oh, I don't know. Did he yell out that he's Asian? Did I? Yeah, did that's I what he said, Jay. Yeah. Okay. See, see, Boston, he's got, see all the cars. How many cars has he got there? But fucking cars, loads. Yeah. yeah, easily. Fucking, imagine the fucking insurance fucking paperwork every fucking year on the sort of shit. Road tax. Fucking hell. Fucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout territory, I think. I mean, the thing is, it depreciates every fucking year in value, does mm. it not? Mm-hmm. Some of them do. Some, Some of them do. do. Uh, it depends on the, yeah. depends what ones he's got there. Car, yeah. Cars can be a good investment. The, the newer shit, it's, it's all questionable, though. He's embarrassing any Floyd. Not all that money, no friends. He's just, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it doesn't seem to have any like fresh vocabulary, fresh banter. It's always the same. The hand signals like he's fucking trying to hit, bring in a fucking airline or some shit, you know? <laughs> People with money get bored. Like, that, that's he had the another one. When you can have everything. What do you do? Mm. He had. He had another one from today. I didn't have time to clip it for the for the show, but he's um he's back selling things. He's back selling. Oh. Man, you love this. He's selling a uh, access to online gambling. Oh mate, didn't he? Like, didn't he? Leave it. Leave it to wait till we get back. Honestly, I've got I've got one as well for him. Oh, I got it. All right, I want to bring it up as well. I'll bring you into it, mate. <laughs> right. Uh, what have you got then for Sandy? That's all the ones oh, I've got. I'll just I'll just uh, segue in it and then bring Rob into it because obviously. As Rob has mentioned, he's on there uh, on Instagram. He's uh, bet online, I think it was. Uh, the, the, the money man saying that he's putting 50 G's, 50 G's on the Baltimore Ravens to beat the New York Jets. So the Floyd Mayweather money man's going right off the fucking cliff here, putting his money in his mouth as and belt, betting against the worst fucking team in the NFL. So I don't know why he go for his 50 G's, but I'd imagine it wouldn't be a fucking great lot in return, I would imagine. He's um he's getting good money on fucking Aberdeen to beat Rangers. He's got oh, on there as well. <laughs> we'll wait and see then. We need to wait and see. No, but, but the yeah. ad is bizarre. Did you see the ad? It's like I'm Floyd. He's selling online gambling. He's like, you know, the usual. This is Floyd Money May, and we're going to make the money all day. We're doing some online gambling, and I am the goat. 
So I'm going to continue to feed the goats. And he's got like a stack of hundreds and he's got <laughs> two baby goats. <laughs> he's got like two baby goats in the seat beside him and he's like trying to feed him the money and all. It's fucking mental, man. I don't want them. Again, another bizarre Floyd Mayweather I'd like. <laughs> For fuck's sake. One of our goats died yesterday. I could have pulled off something like that, Andy. I'd have had a fucking RSPCA at the door. <laughs> The fucking RSPCA show up and they're like, there's a hundred US dollars in this fucking goat's mouth. We know the culprits. <laughs> Open a shot. Hey, hey, well, I'm thinking there. I'm thinking, did anybody ever watch Jeremy Clarkson's uh, uh, farm show on Amazon? And he gets the no. fucking phone call when he says, Wayne Rooney's dead. It was one of these fucking rams <laughs> fucking died in the fucking <laughs> <laughs> gotta love that he had a ram named Wayne Rooney. <laughs> oh my god! Any more, Andy? <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope Osmo might win the night actually, because seeing as the NFL season starting back up, but it was a battle of the running backs last night. Don't know if you've seen it, Matty. Adrian Peterson, the Hall of Famer, fighting uh, Le'Veon Bell. No, I heard running. about it though. So I well, Bell Bell knocked him out, fucking jab to the body, I think it was, and kind of faked the right hand, and shot the right hand over the top, and dropped Peterson square on his arse. Cracking knockout. It was actually cracking knockout. That was yeah. Like like all a Charlo. Well, just a bit. Well, I was sticking the chat. I did it. I was sticking the chat for you. Give me a second. There you go. By the way, and the one I don't know who gave this one. Maybe the the Kinahan cartel. So RJ. On Twitter, actually, he kind of like loves to kind of issue some receipts. He says, leaders of the Kinahan cartel have fled their homes in Dubai and are moving between the UAE, Qatar and Jordan. Some have attempted to travel to Asia under assumed names as the international manhunt to bring them down to justice intensifies. So uh, maybe need to start looking under fucking said sand dunes or near sand dunes possibly. Could be hiding in there just to kind of pass that one on as well, mate. So... Well, one for Fury. Fury for some of the fucking shit he's coming at me, man. He's he's. I think he's. I think he's going to announce a WWE tour. I think actually, to be fair, way. I, I'm with Rob. I, I I do not believe this this offer is legit. But at the same time, is why send the offer? Why book the dates and stadiums, and then try and move the goalposts all of a sudden? Like you know, it's going to be this date. I, I, I don't know. It's just not adding up for me for some reason. So I add Fury what? in there for just for good banter. The thing about it is, why have the other date booked if you want to fight? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. The 17th of December, apparently, was, was, was one of the first dates. And now it's become early December and then late November was the two dates, I think. I don't know why. It's just something's off with me about that one. Like, I, just, I can't figure it out yet. Yep, something's definitely off. Matty, any uh, value of the week nominations from you, please? Uh, God. Other than that chick dying and fucking overboxing, I can't think of anything. Well, here, on that subject, Matty, we had one come in here late, which I've just cut. Frank Warren has explained that they put on, uh, Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua talks on hold following the passing of Queen Elizabeth and will resume in the next week. Tyson and I, we just don't feel it's appropriate at the moment out of respect for Fuck the off. Get it, me, man. Get it fucking <laughs> off. Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. Hey, Rob, what do you feel about this? <laughs> Got better. I think I'm best off sitting this one out, I think. <laughs> yeah. Anybody of the weeks, Rob? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think just Fiori, like I'm so sick of it. I'm like I understand it's theater, it's analytics, it's keeping the brand, it's keeping the fucking money train rolling, but I'd say 
he's maybe wanting to protect some of his assets that may get frozen somewhere down the line and he's wanting to make big fights quickly so that might pay some kind of um you know he needs dividends from the from the uh trip to the Saudi or whatever going in December but I'm just so oh, I'm so fucking sick of hearing their two names mentioned together when there's absolutely zero chance of this fight being made. Zero. And I don't think it gets made next year either, but I have that one. So, um, I think we never see it. What are they doing with this? I mean, seriously, if they just want to have a bit of banter, just like fucking stretch Eddie and Joshua just for a fucking laugh. I mean, I I, I know we probably would laugh at it, but seriously, you've got got any fucking cock teasers with fucking dates, you've made contract offers, and then you're going to say, well, you know, Queen died and all this other stuff and we've got the dates made up. Saudis maybe they need to push it back. We want the 17th but it's got to be this date. What What's the fuck? Apparently, it was so easy. They sent the offer, they sent the dates. Now all of a sudden it's got to be this, this and that and the fucking... I, just, I can't That's understand just, it. It's just a big. It's just a, It's just because they had twenty four hours to sign it on Thursday. Yeah, the was dies, and now all of a sudden they're going into ten days of mourning because, you know, Frank Warren just couldn't bring himself to negotiate at a time like this. Would you fuck off, man? Would you? Give me a break. Can, can, can you imagine if a fucking tax man came to Frank Warren's door tomorrow? I think Frank's going to say, "Oh, sorry, I'm in mourning." <laughs> no, we'll see you in the afternoon, pal. We'll fucking sort you out then. You'll tax man's like, "I heard that one before, man. I'm back. Give me the money." Liquid <laughs> 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 <Like> out. <laughs> anyway, there we go. That's all of the ones. Anything from Oz? Uh, nothing this week, Johnny. Uh, so let's go through them again very quickly and see who is picking what. So first of all, we had uh, Isaac Lowe with his said day. We had the Zapoteca belt. We had the Grote and the usual suspects and the unusual suspects as well. We had Tony Bellew with a bit of ring licking, as he likes to do. It is the Bellew of the week after all. We had uh, Gavin McDonnell getting stuck in on history. We've got the Bomber again. We've got uh, AJ himself. We've got Savannah Marshall with Manjaros. We've got Joe Goosen, AB, Alicia Baumgarder eating, eating that ass. We've got uh, Ruiz, Shane Mosley and his dress sense. We had the ICB Influencer Boxing Championships. We had the, the fella doing the protest. Floyd Mayweather doing the ping pong and all the ones that the boys threw in. So quite a nice little week as well. <laughs> yeah, chemical in hand. Who are you going for, Andy? Episode 491. Hey, I'm going to go for uh, Rob's good lady, uh, Lisa Baumgartner. Um, she just sounds pure filth, mate. She can eat my ass anything. There we go. Oh, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. You can tell Maybe. she would. She'd be a walk home well, in any prison's perfect. fucking yard by a week. <laughs> Alicia, for you. Rob, who are you going for? Yeah, it's a toss. It's, it's a toss. toss up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a salad toss up between uh, uh, AB and AB because uh, Alicia Baumgart, you're following a, a fucking popular trend at the moment because there was one UFC fighter as well. Now, don't ask me because, as you know, I'm a fucking casual observer when it comes to the <laughs> MMA, so I don't know. But there's a guy, there was a guy, one of the guys, and he was going on a rant, like a kind of a Booker T rant, and he was like, you better win your next fight, because after you win your next fight, I'm coming on your ass. I mean, I'm coming for that ass. He was like, <laughs> the, the ass I get was me. Yeah, so, so and, then, and then Bob Gardner's eating the ass, and AB is showing his ass, so uh, uh, fucking Ars Bear, Adrian Broner, AB... Um, getting his OnlyFans on with his hands up on the hotel bed. Like, and someone said that, but just don't fucking say that to me. I don't want to see that. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Baumgartner because she had her fight postponed. So, um, we'll give her some kind of title. You'd let her garden your bum any day, wouldn't you, Rob? 
She Whenever I forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go for her as well, Matty. Someone else said that recently. I don't know if it was Danny Garcia or some other boxing simpleton came out with a similar comment. But this week, it looks like it's three for Alicia. Uh, and who are you going for, Matt? You know, uh, just to throw one in there, uh, a little bit different, I'm going to go for the WBC saying that the Ruiz-Ortiz fight was a fight of the year candidate. Um, nonetheless, uh, to keep up with the theme, they can eat my ass uh, in regards to that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe, Matty, if you're lucky, uh, could be this fellow. He hasn't eaten anything in a long time, I'd say. So he'd probably be glad of a good meal. Can you imagine what his asshole looks like? <laughs> Boot and ass is what got him in that state before the first base, man, to be honest with you. Yeah. He's smoking his ankle, but he's hanging a bit, man. Jesus Christ. Fuck's sake. Oh, <laughs> this one's going to get canned, isn't it? Looks like the degenerative, uh, it looks like the fucking degenerative effects of syphilis like were killed Al Capone. There, it? <laughs> I just love Don's <laughs> Solomon Jose in the background. No. Just watching on. One of the most legit characters in boxing, that guy, eh? Probably got remember some. That, mate, remember that one, Steve? What was the fucking fight again? They said, ah, it was a uh, Lewis Santana against yeah. Terry Norris. Get on to the yeah. Patreon and listen to this one, boys. Fucking hell. Lewis Santana is the only person to win and successfully defend the world title by getting fucking knocked out. <laughs> fucking telling you, man. You need to go and listen to this shit. This is incredible stuff. Ah, oh, there's some good stuff. So, uh, yes, there we go. That's Bully Week for episode four. It's the booty of the week this week, Steve. <laughs> the booty. Oh, the oh sorry, week. I had a, I had a late, I had a, late, I had fucking one there that we've given out the awards, but Wilder was at it again. Uh, over the gloves, wasn't he? He was back out saying that the oh, he knows right. Fury cheated, and that's why he won't take him in a fourth fight because he knows. He knows to this day. Anyway, it's not his yes. week. It's Alicia hey. Baumgartner's. She has won the Bully of the Week. Congratulations for episode four nine one. Ooh, that is weird. What's going on? A totally unrelated note, by the way. What's going on Ooh. in the Obanov case? Is he ever for, is he, what's what's the crack there? What was the verdict? Nah, I don't know. It's taken a long time for it to go to trial. You get the row, they, they robbed it fucking days, some fucking say, jailbreaking, you know. Get her in there, man. Get her out. <laughs> we'll call her out. Become that knight in shining armor on the white horse. Right. Uh, well done, Alicia. Uh, quick uh, notes of housekeeping. Poundland employees said, are you on iTunes these days? We're back on iTunes, thankfully. I was listening to another podcast as it happens, and they were complaining that they've been kicked off iTunes. There seems to be some kind of issue with Apple Podcasts at the moment. Thankfully, it was nothing to do with us, and we're back on, and it's their problem. So hopefully that is that resolved. Also, congratulations. You'll be able to, to enjoy us at Poundtown again. You'll be able to enjoy us at Poundtown, absolutely. Craig Jevons won the Andy Lee Glove. I've sent it to him. We have another prize. So anyone who throws in a super chat, like Ryan Deal, who is our sole super chatter. He's also in the Patreon, so he has a double chance of winning this week's this month's prize. It is. Where are we? Let's see here. It's a Mick Conlon giveaway special. We've got uh, my press pass from Conlon Mariaga and the Conlon Ruiz Falls Park 2019 programme. So Conlon special there. If you don't want that, uh, we can throw it back in again. But that's this month's prize. We'll do the draw at the beginning of October to win the Conlon uh, poster. Sorry, the presser and the programme. So well, that's for this week. Uh, Craig Jevons won last month. Congratulations to you. And also, let me quickly shout out to Greg N, who increased his pledge over at boxing, uh, patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. And Adam Martin, who joined us this week as well. That's everything I've got. Anything to throw in there, Andy, before we finish up? Oh, it's all the best of the boys for the week coming. All the best to the boys. All the best to Andy, who's jumped on as usual, episode 491. Matty as well, who will be in the red hot seat next week. 
to dissect Triple G versus Canelo 3. Rapping Rob Kelly, thanks to him as well. Thanks to everybody who's been in the chat. Thanks to Ryan Deal for super chatting. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all those beautiful things. I've been Steve Wellings. We will catch you all again. Same time, same place, next week, and bye. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul that can fight me. I, I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Run for fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has, has failed has failed a test. Seven year old. Seven year old. I will fucking smash. Fuck you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. Simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.